Ponytails Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to the show. My name is Andres Gamboa, and I am pumped for today's episode. We have a special episode today. It is a first in Ponytails podcast history where we have an honorary guest on the show. What I mean by that is this person uh, actually did not sell a full summer of Southwestern, but it is impossible to have the experience that we all had if you ever sold, especially in the mid-2000s, without her. Uh, I'm talking about Tabitha Taylor, who is the book girl that never sold. Uh, and we do have specific people in mind who are significant to the history of the company and significant to our, our experience there, who we invite on the show. Despite the fact that they didn't sell books, they're just as much of a part of our lives as anybody else that we did meet while we were there. If this is your first episode and you know what the heck, you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, this show, we talk to people who worked with a company called Southwestern Advantage, whether as an internship or in the corporate level. And now this company hires and recruits college kids to go door to door during the summer and sell books, like educational books to help families with homework. And it's a crazy, crazy whole company. It's it's in good and bad, regardless of how people may look at it. it it's, a, it's a wild ride. And so far, all of our episodes have had people who uh, had done their internship program where you go to a different part of the country. Sometimes you go to a different country. We've had European guests all of June and you just do this for 80 hours a week. You take cold showers, you do all this crazy stuff and crazy things end up happening when you start going door to door. Um, and so if you are first here listening to this and you didn't hear sell books, uh, welcome, welcome. Hopefully you can keep up with some of the lingo that we have. If you did sell books and this is your first episode, you're like, holy cow, I didn't know that they had this. Awesome. Make sure you guys follow, make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube. Um, sign up for a newsletter that is coming out. It's called the Colt C O L T. Everything here is horse themed. And so make sure you guys sign up for that. Uh, but let me introduce our guests and then I'll talk a little bit more about some announcements so she can get excited with us. Um, so again, the book girl that didn't sell books, she worked with Southwestern since she was 15 years old. She'll tell us the story about how that works out and how that ended up being. Uh, but she left about two years ago, right during the, right. It sounds like at the beginning of the pandemic, um, she had, Different titles, uh, a couple of them being director of marketing at Wildtree, which is one of the sister companies that Southwestern uh, Family Companies has. And then, of course, she was the director of growth resources um, at the company itself. But her most proud accomplishment while her time there in the corporate level of Southwestern Advantage was getting the Sizzler service project up and running, which uh, I'm sure we all know, especially if you've been to Sizzler, is a pretty big deal because it has made a huge impact on the lives of those people that uh, we served during our time scissor. So without further ado, let me bring you on the screen, Tabitha. Tabitha hello. Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Oh my I'm gosh. So happy to be here. This is so exciting. I'm, <laughs> I'm psyched. So 
Oh, man. Well, I'm going to share a couple of announcements with you. And so that way our guests can also hear uh, and sorry, our listeners can also hear about what's happening. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but we do have Bizzler coming up. So people who are listening and you don't know this, Bizzler is a thing. We're working with Elevate Wellness, a little bit more from them here in just a sec. But our dates for this, are, of course, have been confirmed. If this is your first time listening to it, you can still sign up. There's a link on the description below where you can click and you can go straight to get signed up or you can go watch a video. It's about 12 minutes. Get all the details you need about this Bizzler thing that we are going on. By the way, Tabitha, I'm going to need some resources from you so we can get, maybe get a service project going while we're down there as well. Sounds good. But Happy to talk about it. Absolutely. And I'll ask you, we're going to talk about how that came to be. Of course, um, I know that that's one of the things that we definitely wanted to ask you about. And so, um, but yeah, this, our Bizzler trip will be August 15th through the 19th of this next month. Uh, if you're listening, this is in, we're in July now. So we're about a month away. And so make sure you guys get signed up, uh, join us. It's going to be open to anybody who is an alumni. Of course, honorary guests are always welcome. So tab that if you want to come with us, you're more than welcome to come. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. Now, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of our friends here on the show. We uh, started growing rapidly, which is super fun and exciting. And we had companies wanting to work with us, but we wanted to keep it in the family. And so we kept uh, our partnerships and all the people that we work with with uh, people who all are, in, you know, used to sell books. And so or we had connections with them. And so first up, uh, Will Metro. Now, what we're doing this is they are dropping some words of wisdom for us today. And so basically... Uh, we're going to get gold nuggets from all the different industries that we have of people helping us out. So uh, here's a coaching tip from Will Metcher. Will sold books. Uh, he's one of my dear friends um, and he's been working with us since uh, December. Uh, but here's here's his thoughts on what to think about and when you're working with your business. We're really good at avoiding things that are hard if we're not intentional about seeing hard things as good and helpful. So doing one more rep and pushing yourself even one more percent. Every day prevents you from letting yourself off the hook of growth. Making that choice a habit makes it easier and you end up overcoming your biggest challenges. So just make sure you push yourself that one more percent. That's the tip of the week from Will Metcher. Uh, next up, we're going to have a, a, some words from Seth Hood and Zane Gallagher. These guys are with Elevate Wellness. And if you've ever had questions about fitness, not sure about workout or nutrition plans to get on the, you know, the best shape that you want or the body that you want, Seth and Zane at Elevate are the guys to go to. They're invest they've invested over $30,000 into resources and training to allow them to help you get answers and accountability. So when a lot of people leave their fitness up to just the way things are, Seth and Zane help you identify the core principles of wellness that allow you to elevate your body, your mind, and your life. For pricing, let's get you in touch with either of them for the initial consultation. Click on the link. Uh, for the on the episode bio below so make sure you guys click on that uh we love seth and zane they're awesome and last but not least a cardinal senior benefits um we have one tip from quinton about how to build his how he built the business that they are currently crushing at right now um is amazing bit of wisdom from him so right from one of our derby meetings which by the way every other friday nick has nick traverti has an awesome forum with all our jockeys to share business and life tips oh, and fine. um yeah, it's pretty sweet. So if you guys haven't checked those out, go check out our LinkedIn and our Facebook. They go live on there. It's so cool. It's like how to build a good company culture. How to, it's like solid gold entrepreneurial wisdom. You sure Pat Roach, Quentin Roberts, Seth, Will are all on there sharing like wisdom. So for sure, make sure you guys go on to there. But anyway, um, what Quentin had to say about overcoming challenges, um, you can change the neurochemistry of your brain by reading somebody else's thoughts. 
So read books. He recommended the book, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. By the way, great book. I was like halfway through it by, before my dog ate it. So I have to order a second copy, but it's a great book. Make sure you guys go check it out. Um, if we can use each other more, more uh, sorry, if we can use other more resilient people to shape our thoughts, we'll become more resilient ourselves is the quote that he wanted to share from that. So pretty awesome advice from Quinton, thank you so much for sharing that, guys. Uh, a few more tips of the week coming up from our partners throughout the show. Make sure you guys listen in for those. Um, last couple bits of announcements, and then Tabitha will jump in. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter. Like I said, the Colts, C-O-L-T, the Colts is going to be coming out. Um, if you guys want to sign up for that, it's going to be basically kind of like the, the we're going to call it the trot setter. <laughs> and so uh, there's different units that people can earn by either commenting, sharing, liking, or purchasing some merch or signing up to be uh, uh, part of the stable, which is our paid membership. And you get a bunch of perks and stuff like that as well. So we're launching that. Be on the lookout for that. It's so exciting to uh, be working on that for you guys. We're hoping to make this a better experience for our listeners and for our fans. So hope you guys enjoy. So that's one announcement. And the second announcement is that we are also doing uh, a form that you guys can fill out to give us feedback. We want to get better. If their episodes are too long, if they're too short, if they're not interesting enough, if there's questions we're not asking, if there's things that we're not doing uh, that, that are good for our listeners, please let us know. We take this criticism uh, well. Uh, we're book people after all, and so we learn to grow. And our plan is to make this a better experience for the people to listen. Um, and so, of course, if you guys have input, you have an opportunity to give us that there. I'm not saying that we'll for sure take it, but we are definitely open to listening and to try to make this a better experience for you, the listeners. So thank you guys so much for that now. Uh, Tabitha, how about, what do you say we get started? Let's get going, huh? Let's do it. I'm ready mm -hmm. if you are. Heck yeah. So obviously we always like to start with um, catch us up on what it's been. I mean, I haven't talked to you we, we when we first like said hello earlier in the green room. It was like 10 years ago or something. Like that. I don't even it's been know. A while. I that up. It's arbitrary. Uh, it's been a lot of years. That's what I know. <laughs> So catch me up on it. So you left Southwestern. We can, we, we'll, we'll talk about Southwestern here in a little bit, but uh, what have you been up to since? Where are you at now? And, and catch me up in the last couple of years since you left, since you left the book company. Yeah. I guess so, since you left Southwestern Advantage, either way. Yeah. Since I left Southwestern Advantage. So um, first of all, let me just preface by saying probably the same thing everybody else says, which is I'm totally getting out of my comfort zone tonight because self-promotion <laughs> is not my jam. I'm not like, let's get on here and talk about me. It's just not who I am. I'd rather ask really good questions and find out how you are, Andres. So there'll probably be some of that in here. Um, but Southwestern Sorry. has been a part of my life literally since 2000. So I was at Southwestern Family of Companies for 20 years. And three of those, the last three, I was with Wild Tree, one of the sister companies that we had at the time. And since then, the last two years, um, I have I left um, Southwestern and I'm a part of a startup business now called Tate and Zoe, uh, which is a direct sales um, gifting boutique company. Super cool, getting to build culture and build a field and training and all that great stuff. And it's pretty awesome. So that's where I'm at now. That is so cool. So tell me, I didn't know, again, for people who are listening, we don't do any pre-approach on this. This is like, <laughs> I'm just literally finding this out uh, with our guests. And so what, what, what exactly does that entail? How did you get into that? And, and, and what's what, like, how, what role exactly are you doing with them? And you know, how, how, what does your day-to-day -day look like? 
Yeah, so I'm director of marketing at Tate and Zoe, and Tate actually translates to cheerful, and Zoe translates to life. And when I left Southwestern, I said to myself, you know, we say never say never. I said I will never work with direct sales again. It has no boundaries. It's too easy to be a workaholic. I won't, you know, I won't take care of myself and have personal life. Um, but I that but everything's negated before the word but, right? I got approached by Headhunter and um, called to a meeting. About a month, I was going to take at Dan Morse um, advice a six month sabbatical because I left Wild Tree out of Southwestern because we ended up closing the company. So I was a part of closing down Wild Tree. And um, mm -hmm. at the close of that, um, learning a ton, I was like, I'm going to take a six month sabbatical, um, just like Dan uh, had kind of recommended. And then I got a, a, a call from a guy out of the blue on LinkedIn and he said, we are looking for a unicorn and we have four women who've started this company and none of them have direct sales business, but it's a direct sales model. And so we need somebody who's been in the corporate world of direct sales. And it's challenging to find anybody that has been in a role like yours marketing um, that's been in a job more than two or three years because people hop so often. And they're like, but you've been at your last job for 20 years. I was like, it has been my life. So I'm ded dedicated and committed, but um, it's amazing. I just, you know, I get to work with our basically i'm in charge of marketing for both our b2c and our b2b business so we're building and growing a field much like dealers at southwestern ours are called brand affiliates and so we're building and growing that training them teaching them equipping them to run their own online um, boutiques and then i'm also diving into the world of e-commerce because that was never really a part we always joked at southwestern um lean krosky and all that and the, uh, us in the marketing department that we never actually did marketing we really didn't do marketing in the traditional sense um when out of the out of the actual marketing team and so now digging into kpis and numbers and how to drive people from a facebook ad to go buy a product online all of those things so i'm kind of like learning and growing and then also getting to be in this sweet spot of teaching everything i've learned at southwestern so it's a really beautiful thing that's so cool well yeah. actually what, what and while you mentioned that, let me ask you, so what, what are some of the things that I guess that you learned from your experience with Southwestern that you're directly translating, if not everything, right? But like, I guess the most helpful <laughs> that, that have really helped you that transition over. Um, gosh, great, great question. I think probably culture, developing a culture, mm. you know, Southwestern has been around since 1800s. And so there's a lot of a lot of things that are just in our DNA and who we are, but those principles and those foundations have been there since the beginning. So understanding, looking at a baby company that's just getting started has to have those from the beginning. So kind of getting those things put into place and then understanding the importance and value of leadership development on top of teaching somebody how to do something. Um, I think that's maybe something that's lost in some companies that in my experience. And so learning that from Southwestern and learning that, it's not even learning. It's prioritizing the people that is bottom. That's hands down. The most important thing that I've carried with me, I think is the value of the people that are in front of you um, because direct sales in, in general is a, it's a turnover business. There's lots of people coming in and out the door. So you love the ones in front of you and then you encourage the ones that decide to jump into leadership and you help them grow and achieve their goals. Uh, but you make it about them and not about the bottom line and selling the, wine glass or jewelry or uh, whiskey glasses, whatever it is that you sell. Um, that's kind of some of the stuff that we do at Tate and Zoe. But I think the short answer to that is always making the people the priority, no matter what project you're working on. Um, and that pro the thing I maybe learned that we didn't so do so great at Southwestern is that processes 
are invaluable. Having great processes from the very beginning so that you don't really have space to fail, which obviously you fail a lot in a startup, right? And so you have to learn and grow from that. But having great processes and then tweaking them along the way. I think we at Southwestern lived in old processes (laughs) a lot of time. (laughs) So those are probably some key takeaways. I could probably talk about that for the entire episode, but we won't. Well, that's, and I mean, I'm glad you bring that up because that's something that, you know, and to, to be real with you, I mean, there's no company's perfect. Right. And I'm sure right. that you had, you, you being part of the corporate world of Southwestern, you probably understood more than anybody, like some of the faults and some of the imperfections that we, that Southwestern had as, as a company. And, but I think I'm glad you talked about that. I was reading um, Atomic Habits. Uh, I'm reading that right now, Andres. Oh, it's great. And so we're yes. actually reading it in the company here at, at Ponytails. We're by the way, we're a company. We're LLC. So yeah. uh, we, we have a big team of six. Shout out to Naomi and Heather and Huli and Amy and Nick, um, who was with me at the beginning. Um, but um, yeah, so that's that's going to be, we're, we're reading that. And so uh, one of the things that t- they talk about in the book is goals are important. And, you know, every single salesperson, especially if you are from Southwestern, like goals is like a tattoo you have on your lower back is how yeah. important, right? So, yeah. but, but they talk about not just goals, but actually systems because mm-hmm. systems are actually kind of what drive goals. And so right. the, the, there's a, it's nice to have goals and it's important, clear, right? All that stuff that we learned, but more importantly, it's actually setting a system in place so that people can follow along. It's replicable. It's easier for scaling. And so I'm glad that you might process. It's what you mean by processes is what I'm assuming, right? Is it's just the, our mission here. Like one of the things that I am driving hard at our team is like, guys, here's the deal. It, this we should have so many we're not there yet like this is the north star right but the the goal which we'll probably never reach is that we can leave for a month get five new people who have similar skill sets as each of us and nothing would change at the show because our systems are so good right. that they just have to follow the recipe right? right and in some ways southwestern does have a system right you're 30 demos a day it leads to so many customers and so on and so forth but from a standpoint of like the products and like how they are marketed Mm-hmm. there's more room for growth that I feel like wasn't always there. And so I'm glad that you're bringing that up because it's, 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 it's an important part of, of any company is making, especially with technology, the way it is today to have those systems in place yeah. uh, for the scalability of it all. So, so cool. I'm so happy that you said that. Yes. So, yes. Well, and it's something you just mentioned that I, I feel like I should say, I, I went to sell school gosh, two weeks ago because the E1 guys were in town and you'll, you'll learn later in the episode that, the Estonians, E1, Baltic region, Latvia, they are my heart. Um, Estonia is my heart country. A lot of that comes there, that obviously comes from Southwestern. But when they are in town or they are in the United States, I see them as much as I can. And, and by them, I mean the DSLs. I got really close to the group that's the DSLs there now. And um, I, I actually bumped into Ron Davis and I said, so have the Mufus been updated yet? And so we kind of laughed about it because it's like I was there when we transitioned. And Andres, this may have been before your time when we transitioned from Southwestern to Southwestern Advantage. And so just even going mm-hmm. through that brand change and going from BLs and handbooks to the black books and all the things, you know, right. um, that we went through in that growth period. Um, one of the things that I've learned being in my current company, that's a brand new startup is we have been in business for two years and we have over 300 products. We have to be product focused. We have to be focused on bringing great, awesome products to the market that are updated, new and trending. And then, match that with the importance of people. And so it's interesting because we haven't had to do that at Southwestern, right? Because education's education. But one of the things that I always wish we could have maybe done a little better, I could have maybe 
somehow had my hands in was was growing that, which we they did a great job, you know, when we switched over and had um, the online website and all that good stuff. But I still laugh about the Mufus because there's artwork in there from the 70s, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And we know Kate Wright was on on the show with us when she and she talked about how she helped develop Vantage for Parents and yep. part of the website stuff. And um, hopefully we'll have Haley Devlin at some point down the line. You're yep. always invited, Haley, if you're listening, by the way. Um, I was there when both of them were in the marketing team. I worked alongside them, both of that pro those projects. Yeah, great humans. And yeah. we and just trying to, when she talked about how much she had to push to try to make that happen, because the, the problem with the company, so the pros and cons, right? When you have a company that's so old that you're like, this is how it's always worked. And it worked. Amazing, because uh -huh. you can like trust it. It's like, all right, look, if I go, if you give a monkey a cart mm -hmm. with books and they he knocks on 30 doors that have people in them, Almost statistically, <laughs> one is going to just go, okay, here's 500 bucks. I'll just take the book. And I got like a sign, buddy. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's just a pony, which there's the name of the show. Right. But but on the other hand, the, the 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 line that you have to toe with that is things change. The world yeah. changes. Things mm -hmm. update. The internet comes around, right? And, and, yeah. and it the website, when I first came in in 2012, was not even close to being any sort of priority in the product line. It wasn't even like a, it was like a, Oh, and if they have a computer, maybe sell them this, but it's like, dude, it's 2012. Like, yeah, you know, you're a little behind on this. And so that, that is, there's, there's a balance of tradition and innovation. And yeah. sometimes it felt like it was more tradition than innovative, but that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Now I have, um, your website on here. So let me put this up. The Tate oh, and yeah. Zoe. And yeah. so, so just people, and by the way, if people are just listening, people listen on this on YouTube, they listen to it on Apple podcast and Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, we actually have the video of this up. If you're on YouTube, uh, it's up. So you're already watching, but if you're on Apple podcast, you can go to our YouTube page, find this channel, find this episode. And then, um, we're about 21 minutes in. So you can see, we have it shared on the screen. So here's kind of the product line. I just pulled up shop. I went to uh, tateandzoe.com uh, slash master slash shop or just shop all products. And here's what I have. Uh, is This is right, correct? Yeah. So this is a little, a little over the board. It's an interesting category you landed on. But yeah, we started out with gifts. And the idea was when you walk into a boutique, what we, what we learned when the four ladies that got together to start the business is that mom and pop gift boutiques were closed and left and right. They couldn't survive. They couldn't stay afloat. Mm -hmm. And this was even before COVID hit. And so they said, we're going to take all of our best sellers off the shelf and we are going to make them available only for entrepreneurs, um, for women basically, and um, to go sell in boutiques. And so there's some really funny ones in there. There's some cheeky, funny gifts, and then there's some home decor, a little bit of everything. Somehow you're only on cappuccino mugs, but um, <laughs> we um, have <laughs> yeah, a lot of different things. Go to gifts by category. Oh, okay. You there you go. That's good. So we've got home decor. We have, Whoa. you know, apparel. We have a lot of really beautiful things. And and the, and the main thing is, yeah, you could probably go. You can't find a lot of these products um, in stores. You can only get them from our reps. But obviously, you're supporting a small business, um, a small business entrepreneur. So love the product line that we're able to offer. But more than that, the opportunity that we have for our women. This is so cool. I was going to say a couple of things to commend you on this. First of all, these are beautiful and they're very trendy. Like this is kind of the stuff that everybody's looking for right now. And so sweet. I recommend if you're listening to go check out this website. But uh, I think it's so cool that it's a, it's a women ran business. I know as a man talking, I'm like, whoa, I sound so patronizing. I'm not, I don't, I don't mean to be, but it's just like one of the things that is, has been part of my job is to talk to people on the air and 
you know, especially with Kate Wright's stuff and, and, and just kind of the things that we've known about book women, like book chicks are like so much better at this job at, at business <laughs> than men. And so I'm glad that this is being highlighted because it, this is the truth that we know. Um, yeah. This is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's a really fun company. And the women that I get to work alongside are just amazing. There's four founders and they brought me in before we launched the business. And what's really cool is they they kind of they decided that this was a space they wanted to live in. And they, we have a parent company that's the largest um, holiday gift decor wholesaler in the country, actually. And so they go and oh. sell things to in big box to Target and Walmart and they come in and they buy things in bulk. And so we pull products out of that product line to make our particular business inside the portfolio unique. But what's really cool is they went to a conference, um, a direct selling association conference, and they were like, there's so much nasty in this business. There's a lot of bad, the recruiting and the doggy dog one. They're like, we're going to start a business that is different than all the rest. Like you can actually have a Tate and Zoe boutique and sell a skincare product or another product. Like we, we don't just like, we're not, you know, trying to hold our people in and trying to recruit and say, you can only stay with us. There's just a lot of icky when it comes to that business. And I'm really proud. We actually right. just got inducted into the uh, DSA this past weekend. Dan Moore actually is on the board there. And he called, uh, called me this morning on my drive um, and just kind of checking in. He heard a worship song that made him think of me. And he's like, and also saw Tate and Zoe became a part of the DSA. So really excited about that. Just being a really young That's business. The statistic, I can't think of the statistic right now, Andres, but it's crazy. Something like, I'm one to say like 65% of direct sales companies that open close their doors within a year. So it's a very turbulent oh. business um, model because there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just starting a e-commerce brand, right? So wow, it's awesome. It's a, it's a fun thing to be a part so of. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. I mean, of course, no doubt you're crushing it, but that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. A lot of fun. Wow, that's so fun. And you have some really cool products. I, I'm gonna have to buy one of these for my wife. By the way, I got married. I don't know if you knew that, but I did know yeah. you mentioned it in the green room and I wanted to ask more questions, but then we had to jump to it. So here we are. Hey, feel free. This is just a conversation between us. I'm sure she's awesome. Ones. Book girl, right? Is she a book girl or not a book girl? No, she she's she's kind of like you, book girl that didn't sell. Like one of those okay. people that you meet, you're like, ah, you would have been <laughs> like you know what I mean? You ever met yeah. someone after after you left Southwestern and you met them like at a party or something? You're like, this sure. person. Yeah. If someone in college had just give you a green sheet. Woof. <laughs> she would have been great. Um, yeah, she's phenomenal. Her name is Brian. That's awesome. And she's cool. Yeah, I love her lots. So good thing. But you know, we're a few months in. We're learning a lot. I we just moved in, obviously, because we got married and stuff. And I'm learning a lot. Marriage is marriage yeah. is uh is a cool, it's such a different thing. Sure. It's such a different thing. Yeah. So it's been kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I'm so I'm gonna have to get one of your products. I mean, I think the hat. That's cool. So uh, our hidden message mugs are some of our top. We have these beautiful mugs um, and they have hidden messages in the bottom. And so it's really fun because a little bit of my Southwestern just inspirational brains coming back into mind. It's like the bottom of it might say um, it might say the man, the myth, the legend or prove them wrong, darling. And then we've got some comical ones that say. Like now you're going to poop. Like you just, you know, there's just fun. There's just fun things. In fact, Dylan Buck, if you know Dylan Buck, he was at my house, yeah. stayed with me a couple months ago. And I didn't tell him what the bottom of the mug said on purpose. And he literally spit his coffee out whenever he got to the bottom of it. So they're, they're, it's a fun product and it's fun to work for a company and with a company that is just our sole mission is to bring joy to people through gift giving. Like how can you not get up and be excited about that every day? Right. That's so funny. That is yeah. awesome. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's that's so cool. It's cool to see that people, you know, there's more to as Lee wisely said once, there's more to life than Southwest Airlines. You know, so once you know, once you move on, it's just it, my I love my job that I get to talk to people doing some amazing things. Yeah. Um, that is so fun. Congratulations. Thank you. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awesome, man. I, 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 I think, I think one of the things I, I, I appreciated the most is just this candidness of yours, the just uh, openness and just ability to share it and be fun and, and just inspired by just being yourself. You're so cool oh, at this. So hopefully people listening in are feeling, feeling encouraged <laughs> like I am so fun. Um, well, heck, let's uh, let's uh, 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 let me do a couple of things. One, how can people okay. get a hold of you before we move on to your southwestern career? How do people get a hold of me? Southwestern. Yeah, if people were like, "Hey, I want to work with you. I want to yeah. find out more. I want to learn more." How can people find you? Um, besides, so Tate and Zoe is, is a start. Yep, um, Tate Zoe shop Tate and Zoe. You can follow us on all of our socials. Um, obviously, I run the marketing department, so creative, social, all that, all that's under me. So, leading people, leading teams is a big part of what I do. Um, but yeah, I think uh, LinkedIn is a good place to find me as well. And that's Tabitha Taylor. If anybody listening, it's pretty easy to uh, you can you can Tabitha Taylor, right? T yeah, and that's T A Y L O R. Not yeah, maybe. Yeah, not like a Taylor, but Taylor. Um, and then Tate and Zoe is T A T E and like A N D Z O E Y dot com. And you can guys get more information on that. Um, and go check out their products. Uh, go find some cool mugs and some cool apparel, some cool occasions, some gifts, some home products. Just so, so many things in there, as you guys yeah. saw. So, yes, yeah. you guys will support small business owners. You guys know how hard it is to be in direct sales. Obviously, we all need coffee mugs. Might as well get them from you. Exactly. Why not, right? <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, okay, I'm going to give a quick couple of shout outs and then we can move into our next uh, portion. Uh, some money advice from Pat Roach. You remember Pat Roach? Oh, Pat's going to, if you talk to Pat, you tell him, Tabitha, he always made fun of my Southern accent. I, Pat Roach is one of the highest, highest people on my um, <laughs> list of respect, respected just mentors from Southwestern. He's amazing. What a great human. I mean, we got, Wonderful we got, human. so like he's one of, he's one of our biggest fans from the show standpoint and one of our uh, favorite uh, jockeys, not that we have favorites within our sponsors, but sure. you know, he was one of the first ones too. There's always like yeah. a special spot, you know, sure. for those first ones, but um, here's a bit of money advice from Pat, free advice from Pat Roach. How else? You're welcome. Um, definitely worth listening to. Of course, if you're struggling year after year to put much away into retirement, make ambitious goals to put and earn all of the money that you can into retirement in your first quarter of the year. This is genius, I think. So when you motivate yourself and you put yourself in a position to earn all your retirement money in the first quarter, you'll find yourself avoiding a lot of complacency that you may have once had. So that said, if you guys are interested, let's get you in touch with Pat so you can learn more about financial freedom as a real estate agent. Of course, they are looking for more people, especially if you sold books. Uh, reach out to us for that. Um, next up, we got to give a shout out to, do you remember Dylan Barr? I love talking oh, to you because yeah. you knew, you knew most, yeah. most of the, I know. I know. <laughs> if they were there when I was there, I probably knew them. <laughs> Dylan Barr is one of the funniest. I, I've said this on the air before. I think he's the funniest book man that has ever been. If not, he's in the top five. Uh, he's such a goofy dude. Love him. Uh, he's working with thought leader. So if you're motivated and you have high performance sales rep, uh, interest. So if you're looking to go into sales and just really crank some cash, earning you know $200,000 plus a year, working four days a week, uh, they are selling what's called a, uh, the 
it's with Thought Leader. It's a it's a program to help people land TEDx talks. So they're they're talking to, um, you know, professionals, entrepreneurs, change makers, and helping them get their message out into the world because it's like the world's largest stage, TEDx, right? Everyone yeah. knows TEDx. And so uh, Fido, by the way, was on our show in May and he, he has his TEDx talk out there. It's so cool. I love, Fido. Well. I love Fido so much. He is one of the coolest yeah. people ever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they're looking to add two more Southwestern alumni to their sales advisors to join on their team of 25 remotely. So it's a remote job. So that way, it doesn't matter where you're at or if you want to travel while you work, there you go. But if you're interested, send Dylan Barr at Thought Leader. He's the head of sales and client experience. And of course, he sold books. Um, his email is db at thought leader uh, dash. There's a dash between thought and leader. So db at thoughtleader.com. Um, and that way you guys can get uh, a, an interview with thought leader. So, and then last but not least, Quentin Roberts, one more piece of advice from him. Um, they are they are crushing it over at Cardinal Senior Benefits. Uh, here's his tip on networking. Be very intentional about spending time with people that are where you want to be and do the things that those people you want to be around do. Make those people a part of your network and routine. When you're around mediocre people, you're able to convince yourself that you're the shit and that your shit doesn't stink. As he said, <laughs> I love his candidate. So when you're surrounding yourself with studs, you're able to keep a growth mindset. When you're choosy about your time spent, you'll be way better off. So um, that old adage, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, mm -hmm. kind of playing off of that. Great wisdom from Quinton. By the way, if you guys want to hear more of these tips, uh, of course, you can listen to them on the show. But then, of course, Derby Meetings every other Friday with Nick Taverdi on the air on Facebook and on our LinkedIn Live. So uh, for sure. Now, Tabitha, let's wind yeah. the clocks back. Wind them back. <laughs> so you're 15 years old. How the heck? How the heck? So again, tell us about your relationship with Southwestern. Again, honorary guest here. So didn't yeah. quite sell books exactly one summer, but you did have the experience of selling, delivering, tacking on all that jazz. We'll hear all Peer about visits, it. Visits, uh, camp, college campus, but you, I did it all. <laughs> you, you know it. You know all the bits. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this whole thing, and uh, you know how how that career played out. I'll interrupt you with some questions. If you have questions for me, feel free. Yeah. Let's chat. Yeah, let's chat. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to try to give you this in a quick, as I know you probably want to hear some book stories. Um, I'm going to try to give you a quick preview. 20 years is a lot of ground to cover, right? But the very <laughs> the very basics of it is my mom, um, Debbie Taylor, she was, um, she just retired, almost just a graduated. We could call it graduation. It's a celebration, right? <laughs> she retired uh, just this last November with her 40th year at Southwestern. So she started her, one of her, like she was secretaries back with the old dolls. So she remembers more that like she remembers, you know, she, she worked when all those guys were in business. She was, you know, self support administrator for a lot of years, Dan Moore and Lee McCroskey and all those guys that we know really well. Um, and she grew in the business and kind of became in charge of the administration team behind Wanda Dickens. And um, mom was, I don't know how to explain this, Andres. It's one of the things that I think maybe is a shortcoming of Southwestern is understanding the value of that sales support team. So those oh. sales support women, they are not just like, they're like the backbones of the business because so much doesn't happen without them, right? So oh, it's mom, like, it's like OLs and them. Yeah. You take yeah. those people out and it collapses like a house of cards. It's over. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing works. And so um, I think for a lot of years, I felt like they were probably underappreciated for what they were doing. But then mom entered into working with Chris Adams and the E1 division. Um, gosh, 
maybe 15 years ago. And that's when I fell in love with the international group, have lots of brothers and sisters um, in, 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 because they really consider my mom, their mom. You know, when you have a secretary and you're calling and back in the day, like mom was even, um, she was secretary for a lot of the DSLs um, that I know you've had on the show and she remembers them calling in on pay phones, you know, and being, so it's just, <laughs> it's so funny how things have changed. So I was 15, I was in high school and um, back, back then, there was no texting or putting stats in a Google doc. There were people hand wrote their stats and sent them in on a weekly report. And so those got shipped on Sundays from Sunday meetings by Tuesday, they hit the office and then somebody had to key those bad boys in. Um, but before that we had to actually like tally because none of the kids in the field were good at like doing their expenses and adding up their <laughs> units and all the things. So we would literally, I was, a summer girl. We called ourselves summer girls. There were four or five of us. And we literally, our sole responsibility was to make sure stats got entered. And then we would do filing and we would take care of other things. And then Chris Samuels, I don't know if you know him, Andres, um, mm -hmm. but he was one of the first DSLs that I kind of started doing more like office work specifically with his group. So Pat Roach was a part of that. Uh, Craig Soder was then back then. I'm sure you remember Craig. Um, and so I got to learn all these really invaluable lessons from these leaders as a high school kid working in the summertime. So then after high school, um, just menial work that I did, but I loved it. And I just became friends with everybody in the office, had favor, a lot of favor from the Lord. I know now looking back um, to be in the room with a lot of really cool people um, at a really young age and learn a lot and soak that up. And so for one of the things for me is making sure you're being present with who God has in front of you. And I didn't realize it then, but I still glean on lessons that I learned from Craig Soder and Kirk Samuels and Pat Roach and some of those amazing guys, you know, and I was just a kid, you know? And so when I got into college, Wanda Dickens um, had started Global Educational Concepts, GEC. And she worked with oh, Stephanie yeah. Grant there. And their whole mission was to get J-1 visas for the international students to come sell books. And yep. I jumped in and worked with them all throughout college. And so that was kind of my segue um, after college, my plan. So I got a mass communications degree and studied PR. And then because I'm a little bit of an overachiever at times, I got four minors. <laughs> I minored in English and marketing and graphic design and event planning. I used all that at Southwestern. Um, and working with GEC, I just fell in love with international. I just fell in love with international students and just their drive and their understanding of what the American dream was and coming over to sell books and how that meant. Yeah. And people ask me, how did you get through college and not sell books to have it that? And the very real reality is the guy, and I'll never mention his name, who was recruiting on my campus didn't handle things right. <laughs> so yeah. it was, was kind of over the top um, a little. Um, but, you know, looking back, I think I had a boyfriend at the time. And so at the time, the excuse was I don't want to get to this because I have a boyfriend, which looking back is the dumbest excuse in the world to not go do something <laughs> forever. But had I sold books, I would not have had the 20 year career and experience I had at Southwestern. And I know that. And so I'm grateful that I got to be put in a place to be a vessel for the Lord of all those students that came through those years. Everybody that you just mentioned on the screen, I know every single one of them and have had PCs with them. Right. Um, yeah. so GEC was amazing. And then I graduated college. And I was like, what am I going to do? Maybe I'll do event planning. I don't know. Um, and Lee McCroskey called me. 
And he said, hey, um, could you come in and do an interview? We're going to create a position for you. And uh, we don't want to interview anybody else. So you kind of got the job. And I'm like, is this normal? Is this how this works? So I'll never forget. I got off the elevator on the second floor. And Lee met me at the elevator with no shoes on because he always walked around the office with no shoes. And we walked back to his office and he slid a piece of paper over and he said, okay, so this was Sharon's job. You put a check by what you want to do and an X by the things that don't sound too good. And we're just going to create this position. And by the way, we're not going to interview anybody else. So you have to take the job. And I'm like, is this like a hard close? <laughs> like what is happening right here? Um, <laughs> so I, we kind of, but it's Lee, right? So you're like, oh, okay. And so um, I had helped through my college years with a great recruiter seminar, which was our kickoff that we had for our leadership and recruiting um, event that we had at the beginning of every year in January. And so I had helped Sharon with that. So I already had an idea of what she kind of did. And I was like, planning events sounds cool. That's something I was thinking about getting into. And so I started right out of school. Um, my very first day on the job was Jerry Heffel's last day. So I don't know if you remember, Jerry was the president before Dan. Yeah. And I'll never forget, Jerry walked by my office because he knew my mom and he or my cubicle at the time. And he said, Tabitha, you're going to do really big things here. And I'm really excited for the impact you're going to make on people. And he walked away and I thought, well, that was a really strange greeting. Uh, and it was his last. I think I was the last person he talked to when he walked out of the office that day. Um, so I, that's a, a clear memory for me because I got to be there when we watched the infamous Dan the Man become and grow in a presidency and kind of walk alongside him and all that. Um, Cause I was, our department was pretty close. And so it was a really cool thing to get to witness and be a part of. Whoa. So that's, where I, that's how I got to Southwestern. I mean, I could probably talk for another hour on that, but that's boring if people don't care about that. <laughs> oh no, this is so interesting. This is the kind of stuff that people don't know. Cause we've yeah. all had this crazy experience of, Hey, here's a, here's a green card. Here's a yellow yeah. card. Here's a, somebody calls you out of the blue. Uh, some float, you know, some person floats you out of the union, but this is a different perspective of, of it. So at this point, so let me, let me make sure I understood all this. So by this point, you have a very clear picture of what people are doing, right? You understand people are going to the door, you know how that works. You are, you, you're probably more insightful on stats than even OLs are because oh, yeah. you have to make sure, by the way, people are listening to the sell books. Stats are a big deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you got to make sure, you know, all the demo sit downs, everything is all accounted for. And you have a very real real, uh, like real uh, view of what people say they're doing and what's actually happening. Cause sometimes that's even like, there's discrepancies in that, right? Some people say I'm selling this much. And it's like, actually, you're not selling that much <laughs> compared. You have a very clear picture. That is such an interesting perspective. And then what were some of the roles on that piece of paper that Lee handed to you, that you were like, I want to do this. What, what what things did you check? Yes. And what things did you check? No. Do you, do you remember? Don't remember specifically. I remember that sales school was on there and I was so interested in the training and developing because sales school. Right. And I know I got to see that to your point, I got to see the background thing. So when we were sitting in sales school meetings, planning what would happen, it, we were talking psychologically, where's the emotion of a student, at this point in the day, are they tired? Did they just come out of lunch? Do we need to hit them with some inspiration or can they take training? Like it was just so interesting learning from Whoa. Lee and Dan who had perfected the sales school schedule. And I, I mean, their talks are in my head because I made all their PowerPoint presentations, you know, um, I learned <laughs> that they were as speakers and brought alongside the visual aids to represent and help them through those. And so it's almost like, 
I lived through just planning that. I think sales school. So sales school is one that really stands out to me just because the emotional roller coaster that happens at sales school, whether you're a first year, your first time OL or your DSL, like it, it's just, it's the same thing new people every year. Right. But it's the same fear right. you have to work through. Um, so sales school was a big one that I definitely checked yes to. I was like, I don't know what that means, but I will plan hotels. And, you know, when I started out, it wasn't, um, when I started out, I really was put there to be in charge of all the resources. So I created our selling 101. I created all of the manuals and Whoa. training things that you guys use as you, you know, selling 101 is a Bible for sales school. Right. And so I was intricately involved with that. And um, when it came to recruiting, intricately involved with the recruiting notebooks that you guys went out and used on campuses. And so I was in charge of really all the resource materials. So I had to learn what you needed in order to create those things. And that's why early on in my career, I realized I need to go follow. I need to get on the field. I need to be on a college campus during recruiting season to see what they need. And then translate that back to the resources that were given them out of the marketing team. I needed to follow, um, you know, during deliveries and also during a delivery school and all the things just to make sure we were equipping the field with the things that they need. And we weren't being a corporate team that was blind to the needs of the field, if that makes sense. 100%. This is so interesting. I, I, yeah. I am so interested. This is so cool. I'm so <laughs> bad at school. I'm like, well... <laughs> I hope people listening are with me because I, I, and I'm sure they are. Listen, we, yeah, it's, and it's kind of a refreshing change of pace to see this side of it, right? Because again, there's other, Lee's wasn't the marketing team, and other people that we found the show were parts of the corporate part after they left and then they moved so on. Good. But yeah, but this is different because you were coming at it from a standpoint of like, all right, I'm, I have a lot of questions. Okay. So, first of all, Perfect. what was it like following? What was it like going out and actually seeing? both both on the book field and in the campuses because those are two crazy experiences of the yeah. experience that is southwestern yeah. good or bad i mean we can mm -hmm. talk we can debate about all the good things <laughs> and bad things about it but sure who knows but we will get there but but just from your standpoint mm -hmm. so this is what oh seven you said right when uh so it would have been oh seven was when i started i didn't really start following and get on the field probably until 2000 eight. I went on my very first GRG. That was like my very first thing in 2007. So I planned and led the great recruiters getaway. Um, and that was where I realized our leaders are some of our most valuable people and we've got to pour and invest in them. But more than that, Andres, I realized how much I needed to learn from them. So I know you're asking about following and that sort of thing, but GRG was That's kind right. of my first um, encounter with these incredible humans who had so much love and advice and wisdom to share. And my very first one, Earl and Charlotte Almeida were there. Uh, Matt Atchison was there. Jack Clark was there. We were in Hawaii. Um, and just an amazing lineup of people. And I just remember being on that trip and thinking, I never thought I would end up in Southwestern because it started there when I was 15, right? And I was like, I'm not going to probably sell books because I kind of had this bad encounter with this recruiter. But then I remember very specifically thinking, Jack Clark was out reading his Bible on the beach one day. And I remember thinking, God wants to use me in this company. And I had no idea what that meant at the time, Andres. I was like, well, what the heck does that mean? Because you can't be a business and show up and be like, let's talk about Jesus, right? Um, but my faith has always been really important to me. And it grew exponentially in my time at Southwestern. And so it's interesting. After that GRG, I had listened to a podcast because, you know, we're consummate learners when we come from the world of Southwestern. And, and podcasts. Uh, 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and um, I was listening to a podcast and it was talking about, hey, sometimes you just have to bring your Bible and put it on your desk and let somebody else bring it up. And I just can't. And I know we're getting off of sales school and what you mentioned, but go for it. Go for it. Go I for can it. just remember bringing my Bible in. It's like, don't leave Jesus in the car when you go to work. And I'm like, I, okay, I can relate to that because that's, you know, we're doing our jobs and we're trying not to be offensive and and we want to make sure we're loving people really well and meeting them where they're at, wherever that is. And that's what Southwestern's all about. So I was like, I'm just going to put my Bible on the desk. And that very day, um, there was a, 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 a young OL, I won't mention his name, but he came in and hit, he had come to America from a really tiny country and he stayed back and was a week late and he was going through his own cell school because his team had come out the week before with his new OL and they had gotten into a crash and the OL, which was his best friend died on the way to the book field. And we had a one-on-one cell school and mm. he asked me about the Bible sitting on my desk and it opened up this beautiful conversation that there wasn't really even Bibles printed that much in his language back home. And I was like, okay, God, you have to show up and tell me when we need to have conversations about faith and I will never be pushy. It will always be, where are you at? Let me just love you where you're at. That's kind of part of my testimony of how I grew up anyway. And so God just really worked and wove himself through GRGs. And that that's kind of where it got started because Jack Clark's one of my dearest friends to, to this day. Um, I actually was just down in Texas visiting him and his awesome wife, Nicole, who's also a book girl um, and uh, their three kids. And the Lord has just done, done some really cool things relationally with people um, out of the business. Mm. And I don't want to ever take that for granted. You know, like those seeds were yeah. planted in PCs um, sitting in Nashville or at a GRS or on a GRG trip. And um, it's just relationships matter, you know? You know, it's so interesting that you bring this up because we have had, I, I think it's, it's, <laughs> I am lucky to have this going honestly because i i have gotten to talk to all sorts of different alumni yeah. and everyone have had either different experiences while they were in southwestern some of them hated it some of them loved it um some of them look back on it fondly some of them not so much some are older some are younger some sold in the 60s some sold yes last year right yeah. and the most common thing that people have mentioned is the when they look back on their time good bad ugly positives almost exclusively end up somehow connected to the relationships, the people they met along the way. And a lot of the most impactful moments that they have had weren't like, I mean, several of them happened while you're knocking on doors, of course. But like, if you really got to it, to the bottom of it, it always had to do with the one person that they talked to that really helped them believe in themselves or the, or the, those PCs, the things that you're talking about right there, where, where it's like these people this is why I kept going. This is why I stayed. This is why I didn't quit. This yeah. is what mattered to me. And look, we, we, we've had, we've had uh, a variety of, of, of experiences. Of course, some people have had good and bad, but at the end of the day, looking back, I mean, the number of times people have mentioned, Oh yeah, that was the best man on my wedding. Or I met my wife there mm -hmm. or, or like, this is my best friend that I, the people, when I look back in college, these are the only people I kept in touch with that kind of stuff where it's all about the people that you met along the way. I feel like is always, 
always mentioned towards the top of the list of things yeah. that were really positive about their experience. It's kind of like yeah. what you're mentioning now. Yeah. And so I'm glad that you're mentioning it because it's worth highlighting that it wasn't exclusive to just the money or the experience, which were, you know, I, you know, whatever, good, bad, whatever, but it's the people, the people yeah. that you met people. that really changed your experience and really changed you as a person yeah. Uh, yeah. for the better, usually. Yeah. Yep. And speaking of people, the people that probably had the biggest impact on me during my time at Southwestern, which I developed a lot of really great relationships with students, um, a lot of great relationships with DSM, but our marketing team, sorry. I love you. What's that? I said, yeah, I understand because I love you. I mean, I was so (laughs) excited for you. When we found out that you had booked, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's going to be a great one. Like, so Andres, I want to see tourists because I want to talk about this. So I remember, I think it's Nashua. Nashua? Is that where it's at? Red Island? Yeah, that was in Nashua. In New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. I was out came to Sunday meeting. So this is a little hint of a book story. I stayed with Hannah Reesberg in her HQ where there was a potbelly pig, not just one, but two living. And I'm like, is this where we're sending these people to sell books? I'm like, I've heard the HQ stories, (laughs) but my word, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was her. She's badass. And uh, had an amazing time following her, being on the field with her, and then did a Sunday meeting with you. And the more I'm thinking about it, I think Danny was there. I think he was probably at that meeting and he was young. Um, But I'll never forget, we had a meeting in a hotel room somewhere. And then we left there and went to this like adventure center. And there was putt-putt golf in the back. Everybody kind of partnered up with their PCs. And I don't remember, you said that you think it was 2013. But I just remember, because I had done a spiritual timeout that morning. Um, spiritual timeouts were really, really important to me when I was at Sunday meetings because I knew students were craving that if it was something they wanted to be a part of. And we had spiritual timeout and you had all these questions about God. And I'm like, okay. You're like, can I ride with you? And I was like, of course. So you rode with me and we, before we got out of the car, we both had just big crocodile tears streaming down (laughs) our eyes of all the things that the Lord was doing in your life that summer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember that, like I can picture, I can picture, I was in a silver car because I remember it was a rental car. I can picture the car and picture the place that we were at. I don't know if you remember that or not, but like your story impacted me in a big way. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you mentioned this on the green room and then now talking about it, like when you mentioned like Nashua and all this stuff and, and I've taught, you know, racking my brain. And I do remember there's two people that I talked to specifically about uh, three, actually Lee, Dan, and you yeah. uh, about faith stuff. Cause I was not a believer at all before mm-hmm. I went out and, you know, this is not to, if you're listening and you don't have a relationship with God or you're not sure, don't, don't please don't be offended. This is just yeah. something that ends up happening when you're out there because mm-hmm. things happen and yeah. life ex- ends up working out when you don't think you do. And when you get pushed to your limits to the point of break almost really, mm-hmm. and some people unfortunately probably do end up broken nature of the beast of this whole program. But generally speaking, when you get not, not everyone, right. Most people find a way. Yeah. And things end up working out just fine because it's just an internship, right? Right, And so you end up having with this proof that, call it God, I call it God, you know, Tabitha calls it God. You might yeah. call it the universe, karma, whatever you believe in. But it's something happens while you're out there that leads you to believe that this is all kind of not in your control. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I told you the story about, I think that day at the car, I told you the story because I was questioning it, right? It's my second summer mm-hmm. and I wasn't quite where I am right now with my perception and my beliefs. 
um i was still at the place where i'm like ah god doesn't really exist maybe he does and i cry because what happened this is this might be a story if you are if you're ready for a story i'm ready for your story i'd rather you talk than me <laughs> it was my first summer so it started back with my first summer and i you know had i don't know if you want to call it fortune misfortune or whatever but i got off to a hot start i was really good at this job um i didn't i didn't break any records though right not i'm not trying to be like oh, i was so good <laughs> but my first summer i had a great summer i had sold 4200 units so i was in the top 10 of all first years you know it was it was a solid i was in the pace setter it was like a good good summer people recognize me but in that summer something happened to me that i wasn't expecting you know you go out there you're like i'm gonna make money i'm gonna go to travel i'm gonna get make friends i'm gonna go see new places in the country Ooh, so cool but there's things that happen that you don't expect right learning how to be a good dad learning how you can be a bad dad <laughs> and and among those things you know finding out that sometimes maybe things are working out in your favor or for a reason or part of a higher calling um so it was a Tuesday of my third week. And I, okay, at this point, you know, started off really well, not hurting for cash. All these stories that you hear on the show about people are like, oh, I was zeroing out. I didn't sell <laughs> a single book until week three or what. No, that was not me. I was selling every day. I had, in fact, I sold books before I even got to the book field. It, 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 it was all good which was not good for my cockiness because I'm that's still something I'm working on today. If you can't tell by even the story, but um, at that point it was like really crazy. And I needed to eat, as my dad would say, you need to eat some shit. You need to stumble. You need to like trip up to kind of realize that it's just not about you, dude. And so um, Tuesday training hard. It's right around the time of my dad's birthday and I'm feeling really bad that I'm not going to be there for my dad's birthday to make a long story short, it was one of those days that you've heard on the show many times before where nobody's answering, nobody's talking to you, everybody's mean, it's like bad, like your car's like kind of maybe wigging out. It's just not a good day. Um, but I had had so many people up to that point. We all know this. There's there's always a family, especially if you're selling in like rural upstate New York, where there's a family where everybody's like, hey, dude, listen, you got to go talk to them. There were the Monroes, by the way, I hope they're listening at some point or maybe i'll send this to them but so you gotta go talk to the monroes because they're awesome and they have you know they have the kiddos um dennis is the dad's name he was a school bus driver whitesville new york um in the he his mom was in the school anyway long 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 story short they're like you gotta go there and I could never find them. They were never home. There's that family that's they are all and everything. But because it was raining this day, no baseball practice, no softball practice, they were home. And so I got to go to their house. And the, I'm like, part of my French. I was like, fuck this day. I'm done with this. This is over. I'm going to drive home. And as I'm driving, I see their house lit up. I'm like, ah, should I? I could just go home. It's over. Move on. Started Wednesday over. Or, and I flipped the car around and I go there whatever they end up buying they feed me chicken mm, chicken and they did something that no other customer had ever done uh, to this point yet and they were like hey can i pray for you mm. and i was like what 
Now, mind you, earlier that day, I was feeling so stupidly alone. Nobody had said anything yet. Nobody had even opened the door. And I, for the first time, had prayed earlier that day. He didn't know that, right? And I earlier, I was like, God, if you exist, like, for the love of God, like, please don't let me feel so alone. My dad, I'm missing my family. Like, this, it was a low moment. Everybody has had one in the book field. And he prayed. And then afterwards, he walked into my car and he was like, hey, I hope it's okay that I prayed for you. I go, yeah, it's totally cool. I just saw it. I don't know. I don't really, I'm emotional, right? It's all weird, right? Everything feels odd. And he goes, listen, I'm not trying to preach to you, but it's hard to feel alone if you, if you know, if you have some sort of faith, uh, if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus. And the fact that he just even mentioned those words, which were the exact words that I had, like, it just blew my mind. Now, you know, this would be a cool story if I was like, and then that day I became <laughs> a believer and then I, <laughs> Jesus, right? No, it wasn't like that at all. But it definitely tricked, not like it, it trickled. It like what's the word? Ticked is the word I'm looking for. It takes something in my brain to go, okay, well, there's got to be something to this because that was odd. Like of all the things he could have said and all the things I could have prayed for, and both of them kind of coincided. That's weird. I didn't prompt him for that. He didn't know the story. I didn't tell him any of this. Like that's weird. And so I talked to Lee, I talked to Dan, and then I talked to you about this because it kept happening <laughs> later on that Sunday. So I brought this up. Sorry. Sorry for the long story. Everybody. No, I love it. I never do that part. Yeah. So essentially like when I brought it up to you, I was like, Hey, I just been feeling like this crazy vibe. I don't know what God is about. Like, what do you, how, well, tell me about your faith. Like you portray it so well and it, you're not preachy about it. You're one of those people that you just live by your faith and it's easy to want to know more about it. It's kind of like the typical buying atmosphere that any Christian should have to mix the two worlds together where it's like hey listen i believe in this you don't have to it's totally cool if you didn't but mm -hmm. you know if you want to talk you're totally welcome to talk to me about it and you had that attitude that was welcoming but not pushy and i talked to you about it and you shared and we shared and we cried i do remember <laughs> that part i do remember crying with you in a car i just didn't remember that that was yeah. what it was so yeah so i'm glad you brought that up and i actually think that's the very first time i met you i think that was our very first time ever meeting so that's great that was a great first meeting. <laughs> yeah. What a nowhere to, I mean, actually kind of in, in a good way, in a bad way, right? It was nowhere to go, but down. Cause that was such a good first meeting. So, but also up. But, yeah. At the same but time. Also up Cause we, we, we developed a really cool friendship. I mean, you developed a great friendship with everybody. I uh, that really ever met you while you were, while they sold books. So, ah, so cool. Thank you so much yeah. for that conversation. Yes. Yes. Well, I just, I think the important thing to your point is we just show up and love people and wherever they, wherever that happens to be. The cool thing about Southwestern is there was always points during the year. There was GRG, there was um, Sizzler, there was Cell School, there was GRS, and then there were get back meetings. And there was always these, these abilities and opportunities to plant seeds with people and then follow up on those conversations. And when you follow up with people and you're intentional with them, it goes such a long way, you know, and I think Southwestern did a really great job of, making that priority so yeah i'm with yes. you yes how beautiful i have uh i mean i'm sure you have more stuff to share and we still, i want to hear uh, i yeah. still want to hear some follow stories because yeah you know, <laughs> but i had a question for you that just popped in my head yeah what was it like working with trey campbell another <laughs> great human so literally the I very mean, next thing that i was going to talk about was the marketing team yeah so none <laughs> of the things that i got to do would have mattered at all without that amazing marketing team and there were people that came in and out of it um lee has always been one of my biggest mentors we still try to meet every couple um, months for lunch he's still very very involved from a wisdom standpoint in my life i'm like lee there's what's going on can you help me um what an amazing man um dan moore yeah. 
literally called me this morning because he heard a, a worship song on the radio and he was like, I, I was just thinking about spiritual timeout and how you should be there and thinking of, and all the times we used and I just needed to call and just really amazing, amazing people. And Jeff Kidney, Swordfish, a lot of people know him as. Uh, Ryan Davis was later to the team. I was there when Haley and um, Kate were there and very active um, and Travis Raiders, graphic designer there. But here's the deal. We like y'all saw Lee joke and like Lee is exactly in person who he is on stage. So yeah. <laughs> joking and his sarcasm and his fun, there was never a dull moment in the office. And at one point in time, it was all men and me. So I'm like the mother hen of the marketing department. And <laughs> They totally took advantage of that. Lee's like, okay, go look up my PowerPoint from Men Are From Mars. Men are from, like, we care about you, Tab. We love you. And then we're making fun of you. And this one story comes to mind that um, me and Lee and Jeff Kidney were down in Las Vegas. This was uh, a, a really weird connection because I ended up working for Wildtree later on. But we were down in Las Vegas helping them run a national conference. And it was the three of us on the board. My, Lee was micing people up. I was running, creating PowerPoints and running them on the spot. Jeff was doing AV stuff. And we just kind of had our little routine, our team, and it worked. And Spencer Hayes, which everybody knows, um, was at this meeting. And Spencer came up and he was like, young lady, what, what do you do for my business? And I was explaining, I was like, I'm Tabitha and blah, blah, blah. And had a little conversation with the first time I ever met Spencer. And he, I walked away and he looked at Jeff Kidney and he goes, now, was her name Habitha? And Jeff's like, no, Tabitha with a T. And he's like, Habitha, what an interesting name. And Jeff <laughs> says that this, I wasn't there, but Jeff says this went back and forth. For a good 45 seconds of him trying to correct Spencer Hayes on how to say your name. <laughs> well, fast forward two weeks, Spencer loved popcorn. Like popcorn was his thing. If you smell popcorn, he was gonna go where the popcorn was, he was gonna eat popcorn. And I was in my office, and Trey Campbell, speaking of Trey, thought it would be really funny because he heard this story to take a piece of tape and put an H over the T on my office door. Well, I'd had popcorn popped and it was late one night and Spencer had come around the corner from Dan's office and he came in and he, I watched him glance at my nameplate. He goes, Oh, Habitha from Las Vegas. <laughs> and so, to, I mean, we've lost Spencer now, but all those years he would call and, and ask for Habitha. And we're just like, this is the most absurd thing. And I told Matt Atchison that story and he's never called me anything but Habitha since, but What's funny about those guys is they they really treated me a little bit like a mom. They needed to be taken care of, but also totally like a sister. So they were always picking at me and, and poking fun at me. And there was actually a um, a a book, which I totally have to find now. It's somewhere in this office because I couldn't. It's like a treasure. I can't lose it where they got so enamored with nicknames that they created a journal and there was this journal among the group of nicknames for Tabitha. And it started with Spencer calling me Habitha and Lee would walk out of his office and be like, black Sabbatha when Tabitha's rock and roll. And so they would make up all these nicknames. Like we would go bowling and they would call me Bolitha. They would just add a T-H-A to the end of any word of anything we were doing. And if it had a definition or meaning or a memory that we made together as a team, it made the, it made the nickname journal for Tabitha and there's 153 of them. Let's go. So, isn't that amazing? <laughs> so it's one of my favorite things getting to, because people ask, they're like, do you go by Tab or Tabby, Tabby Cat? And I'm like, listen, I've got some nicknames if we ever need to pull that out. And let just, me tell you. <laughs> yes, let me tell you about nicknames. Um, So it was just, that's just indicative of how our team worked together. We always had fun, high stress moments when you're 
trying to deal with, you know, teenage kids who feel like their whole world's crashing down around them in sales school and they don't want to go to the field or you're trying to encourage, you know, a leader to not quit on their team or all the things that were going on emotionally and relationally. We kept things light um, in the marketing team and what we were doing. And Trey actually um, became this a good way in segue into talking about Sizzler Service Project. Trey, and, and let me say, I wouldn't trade any of those relationships. I still reach out to Jeff. We go have lunch every once in a while. He's amazing. I just, I love the relationships that were developed during that time because it's kind of one of those things you hear about people who experience trauma together. They stick together. Right. And so this is why this show works. Yeah. <laughs> why it works. And we experienced a lot of really great and a lot of really hard. Like we went through some hard stuff, the mass exit that ever, you know, that happened, like we stuck through that and just a lot of things that happened at Southwestern that maybe were, like okay do we stick and stay through this okay we got each other at least we've got each other and so we were we were pretty thick as thieves um our little marketing team and um trey became a really close um i just want to call him a spiritual brother like he um i think when i showed up on scene trey was surprised that i could be I shouldn't say surprise. I shouldn't put words in his mouth. I feel like he was in awe of the fact that I would just sit back and not say anything. And the Lord would just bring people in. Cause I'm just like, God, you bring them, you let them open their mouth. I'm not pushing you on anybody like it. But if they're in a place like you were at that Sunday meeting where they crave and need to know more, give them the strength and courage to ask. Right. And that was my prayer. I, I learned at the time um, from a good mentor of mine to pray offensive, de defensive prayers, pray offensively in the day for every person you're going to encounter, every conversation you're going to have, every meeting you're going to have. Pray for the Lord to go ahead of you and be in that. And then at the end of the day, pray for all the hard stuff that happened and pray peace for the people that are in really good spots. And so I just really started praying for people. I actually had on the back of my office door um, note cards and they were basically my prayer wall. So when I would go from a Sunday meeting, I would take notes of the PCs that I'd had. And I would go back and put those people's names and their biggest goal for the summer or their biggest challenge for the summer. And I, I prayed over them. Like there was a prayer door on the back of my door in my office that I don't even know if anybody knew existed. I'm just saying it now for the first time. Um, but Trey was one of those that he was like, OK, so Tab's really this is really important to her. And then he started. He's like, it's really cool. You're so bold in your faith. I'm like, I'm not bold in my faith. I'm actually pretty timid in my faith. I just try to show up where God calls me. And so we really started building and growing. Um, spiritual timeout. That was our first part. We wanted to get people involved and it had been around forever. Lee and Dan had led it for years and years. And it was awesome to see the, the things that people needed to hear and go through um, during that time. But then we started doing it at GRS and then we started introducing it at Sunday meetings. And, and it had only ever been spiritual timeout was the optional thing we did before sales school. And so when we started incorporating it all, all around um, Grant Greeter, actually, I remember going on a sizzler grant one. I love Grant so much. Um, he's amazing. So cool. um, and I was really close to the force group um as you know andres i was yeah, around a lot <laughs> but he had had, yeah <laughs> and i i want to say it was maybe amy brought divine that had done some type of really small sizzler service product years and years ago and grant was telling me about it one day and i'm like we really need to make this a part of our culture and like sizzler had such a reputation for just being this drunken binge for a week and it's like why don't we do some good while we're there so Trey and I actually went and met with Henry. So Trey and I did all that together. Uh, we met with Henry and um, we just kind of planted the seed that we thought this could really be something big. And we showed up and the first year, I think we maybe 
had 60% participation. And by year two, it was pretty much 100% participation. And after that became everybody's favorite day on Zizzler. And it was just really cool because we got to see, it's one thing to be in the trenches with somebody out in the field, to be in the trenches in sales school, walking through things that, that the kids walk through, but to serve together is a whole new whole new ball game. And um, so we would do these battle of the buses um, and we would um, just raise money and go in and, and build orphanages or schools or whatever needed to be done. And there's one actually that's sticking out in my mind right now that Asia and Danny um, are a part of. There's just a story coming in my mind. I'm like, I feel like I need to share this. We were in Dominican Republic and it was raining not even cats and dogs. It was raining in the zoo. There was just like rain coming up <laughs> from the ground, right? It was just raining so hard. And we were going in to build a second floor onto a school and the students were going to be there. And so I remember there were these big, I may cry telling the story. <laughs> there were these big, like 15 foot um, metal walls and it's pouring down rain. And there in the Dominican, they had three different, um, school schedules because there were too many kids and not enough schools, not enough teachers. And we were, we were serving and everything was a complete just mess. Right. And there was mud everywhere and kids were playing and we were just making the most of it. And all of a sudden pizza gets delivered and this pizza guy comes in and he basically gets like mobbed in the street. And I'm like, what is going on? So we get the pizza and we're feeding the kids and I'm standing outside. It's raining. I remember I have a very clear memory of Ryan Groom, Amy, now Groom and Aisha and Danny standing there. And these kids just start like beating on the door because they're starving. And they're the kids that are out in the street that didn't happen to be in the school session we were in. And, and they were trying to scale this 12 foot wall to get in to eat. And it just watching Danny and Aisha and Ryan and Amy and I respond and talk about that and just the gratitude that comes from being able to be in a place and serve somebody with like, how the heck did we get here? We're in this little tiny school in the Dominican Republic because we came on vacation. And so for me, I'm like, I want to adopt them and take them all home and buy the whole city pizza and all the things. But it was in those small moments where I saw so many dealers grow, like really grow on Sizzler service projects because it was truly, you, you mentioned this earlier about you, which I don't think is a problem, but being humbled and really Southwestern can kind of be a breeding ground for ego. And I think those service projects humbled people in a way yeah. that no other experience I think through the year did. So, yes. Yeah. So well, I don't know if you remember and, any of yours, but they changed my yeah. life. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remembered everyone. Uh, uh, I only went to Sizzler twice and that was uh, of the memories I have of, of Sizzler. Um, the most vivid ones were for sure from that project. Yeah. Uh, for people listening who don't understand, or maybe you haven't been to Bizzler or sorry, Sizzler. <laughs> I say Bizzler cause I'm so used to saying it now. Um, what, this wasn't like a, let's go pick up trash on the side of the highway type of service project this wasn't like and which by the way that's not there's nothing wrong with that if you're doing that go do that. <laughs> i'm just saying that this was the kind of thing where it's like it was real impact being made mm -hmm. this is gonna people are gonna be like well are you saying picking up trash isn't real no it is i'm just saying that when we went it was like they built a school 
or you built someone a house that was mm-hmm. poor. Like it was a, it, it was like money, big money moving in because dealers would give part of their earnings from the summer to give to this. And they, mm-hmm. they pick out one day throughout the sister project. So the ones I went to were the ones uh, in Cabo 2012, where we repurposed that park. Um, the park. Yes. I'm so yeah. proud of that park. It's one of the only parks that still doesn't have graffiti because the pe- local people are so proud of it. Yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, I there's that we painted, built, pushed, planted. Hard work. I mean, it was hard, hard work <laughs> that we put into that part. I was, I got. Listen, I'm a brown man. If you can't, if you're listening, you don't know this. I'm Hispanic. I'm brown. Okay, I'm. I you know another freckle and I'm black. Right, that I'm brown, and I have been sunburned maybe twice in my life. And one of those days was the day we went to that park because we were busting it in the middle of Cabo just out all day just working to make sure this park got built and it was so cool to watch the kids mm-hmm. and the community come and check it out and be just like lit up from yes. this from this thing that we had done and it was so rewarding to them and it was really humbling to see like man mm-hmm. these are the, we went to the streets of Mexico to really see how people live it wasn't like mm-hmm. we were just at this resort all the whole time no and then the second summer we went it was a school in we were in um punta no 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 punta, it was uh maybe cancun uh no it was the other place that we went to puerto Vallarta, pv yeah. um and it was the school uh we had they had you guys had been there before and you had started building it and we went on and like continued building on and we played soccer with the kids and it was i mean it was such a great it's not like the service project where it's like we're gonna go do a service project no it was we were doing legit work for the community down there and people still would keep in touch with us since it it was it was an amazing thing that you got to that you built you and trey but well us and trey and and henry and and i'll I'll tell you the heart of sizzler service project again it came from a tiny seed that grant reader planted with me and i'm like oh what okay what can the vision what can this even look like you know and so we started dreaming and we're like how can we really impact people and i had read a book at that time called when helping hurts and i've done some mission work i've gone down to africa i've spent some time with my churches doing some service and i've seen the icky side of what you would call a service project of Americans just going in and feeling good about what they're doing. Like, Hey, we came in and helped now we're leaving. And the heart of service project was always to do something that would leave a lasting impression on the community. And it wouldn't just go away the day we left. So yes, we left on the kids. You know, we had one, one year where we took some orphans. I'll never forget it. Um, There were 150 of them and there were 200 students we were taking at the time. It was a big group. I remember it's Chris Samuels group because I, I remember having a conversation with him about the impact it made on him. This particular orphanage was a mile and a half from the beach and 70% of the kids had never seen the ocean. So here our Southwestern dealers are having a pizza party on the beach with kids who live less than two miles from the ocean and had never seen it. It's just extreme poverty. And so while we wanted to impact the people and just show them absolute unconditional love, we wanted to leave a legacy and a lasting impact that could help them move forward in whatever in whatever area that was, whether it was a deaf school, an orphanage, a um, yeah. gosh, we did so many daycare, parks, yeah. music school. Yeah. We did so yeah. many amazing projects. And um, to get to be a, a part of the very beginning of that, and that's something that's still going, and Trey is carrying the torch on that. But sitting down with Henry and just sharing the vision and him going, okay, let's do it, was such a cool thing to get to be a part of. That's awesome. And I am happy that you did that because I, honestly, that's we have talked about it on the show where it's like we're going to Bizzler, but we should do a service project. And we I think we uh, Naomi Coffin, you know, Naomi, but she yeah. 
she uh, is the one spearheading her Bizzler project. And so um, I think she's been in touch with Trey, but I'll have to put her in touch with you uh, yeah. to see if we can find some connections. I think even Trey was thinking about coming out to our Bizzler project just to kind of like uh, while it. we're there. Yeah, and like I know he, connect yeah. us and make it a thing. Because listen, the people listening might be like, oh, you guys are just Southwestern's puppet. No, listen, we, we, we don't, we, we are not affiliated with Southwestern, but the things that were good about Southwestern we're good about Southwestern and that yeah. service project, no doubt was one yeah. of the coolest things that that company ever did. And if we can be a part of that and help them and the kids and the communities that we're going to be going to, to visit and in some ways exploit, even if you could even call it that, like mm-hmm. by all means, listen, as a Hispanic, I, it's, it's, it's hard to sell quote unquote. So you don't have to sell me on that. Let's do it. And let's make it happen to really make a lasting impact. And if it means connecting with y'all and making it so that we can help in some way to mm-hmm. continue to do those those things. Shit, I'm in. Let's do yeah. it. Like, yeah, sounds amazing. So cool. I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely be in touch after this because it's okay. like, how do we how do we get ponytails involved? Yeah, and I know Sizzler Service out? Project's still going strong. I mean, I've not been there. Lee told me jokingly, he's like, they they start to forget about you when you're like a year out, but like three years, nobody knows who you are. And so now when I go back, I feel like a foreigner. Um, but it's been five years yeah. with the wild tree transition that I've been out of Southwestern. But I know Trey has done some amazing things. I know Sizzler Service Project's still very much a part of the culture there. And um, he's even grown into some mission opportunities for students to go on. There's yeah. um, something really cool going on with that so yeah there it, it's really neat to see god's always been at work there southwestern started out selling bibles door to door way back when and there's always been stirring in there and um sizzler service project to me is a tangible representation of just southwestern people showing up and loving people really well but to to what i said earlier i think watching those kids humble themselves um was really amazing a lot of growth happened in those moments yeah super yeah. cool Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes. well um, oh, man, it's so cool. <sighs> You're, I love talking to you. Um, um, okay. So l- let me, let me ask you one more thing. And this is, could be an optional question, I guess, if you want, uh, or okay. we could talk about, you know, before we go into the ponytails section, which is like your, your better stories or like the, the not, not that this is something good, but like your, <laughs> your favorite stories, I guess, um, is when you look back at your time and you look back on being part of the corporate part, is there anything that you look back and you're like, man, we could have done that better. Mm-hmm. This is something that we could have improved on. This is something they could still improve on. Cause you have a unique perspective versus yeah. someone who just kind of went through the program and I never was part of the corporate office, but just experienced it from the other side. What in your mind, if anything at all, like, um, you know, would you say, you know, that's something we needed to do better. Yeah. Um, and if you can't think of anything, it could be a story for another time. No worries. Yeah, no, I think um, the thing that we kind of mentioned and talked about a little bit earlier, um, systems, I think systems are, are, are really important. And I think that we had a lot of systems that were outdated. So I think those could probably be brought up to speed. And I'm sure that they have to an extent um, recently because they've had to with social media. I mean, I was there when it was finally OK to have phones on the book field and then use Facebook on the book field. And so things that there definitely has been progress. Um, but I think some systems and old school ways, old school thoughts, maybe um, would be a good way to put it. Um, definitely creep in uh, to the business because it's been around so long. And then the other thing I would, I would just say is workaholism. I mean, that's a very real thing. I, I work there from age 15, watched my mom work there for 40 years and 
I think Southwestern, the, the beautiful and really hard thing about it is it's really easy to care so well for the people that you sacrifice yourself. And so looking back, um, I'm in my mid thirties now. And I think about my twenties and early thirties when I was so like, I just think about things I would have been doing differently if I'd had a better work life balance. And I don't think that that was something that was pushed on me, but I think it was just in Etley a part of the culture. It, it was what we were teaching the students to do in the summertime and then corporately, we were doing it year round. And Dan Moore is the first one to walk into my office and shut the door or turn the lights off and say, T, let's go. We're walking out. Um, and nothing that we were doing mattered that couldn't wait until tomorrow. But it was the thing that we had to be there to show up for you guys, for the students. And so there was this workaholism that was created, which made it really challenging to set really good personal life boundaries and being out of Southwestern when I left um, wild tree was the, the chapter of my career that just about did me in. That was like my, that was my desert season. Um, if, if you, um, if you know the Bible at all and, and it was hard, it was challenging. And I was going up there every other week and I was working 80 to 90 hours a week, whether I was in Nashville or Rhode Island and I had no life. And I'm like, what, what am I doing? And Dan used to always say in spiritual timeout, you know, a company doesn't have a soul like the walls, the building, the ceilings. They don't have a soul, but it's the people and the leaders that if they you know, they have a faith, they lead in that way. And so I think it's just a very um, unhealthy mentality that kind of gets not said, but shown. And as we know, actions speak a lot louder than words. And so um, watching people work as hard as they did and as long as they did for no matter what the case. And it, it just it became a really nasty part of my ability to have a personal life in those years. Um, and so I got better at it. it. It was something Dan really worked on it with me um, because it was a pressure I put on myself. But it was it was because it was part of the culture. Right. And so um, I got a lot better. But what I did was I transferred that. I started working in ministry at my church. And so I would do like 60, 65 hours at Southwestern and then volunteer like 30 hours a week. And so I was still burning the candle at both ends because, again, that's what we were teaching. And quite honestly, Andres, um, counseling changed my life. I started going to a therapist and. I'm a big believer in therapy, but I'm like, I have these cycles and these responses and these things that I do. And, and it's interesting because some of the kind of little T traumas that I've um, uncovered were the, the um, things that I adapted inside Southwestern because mm -hmm. of the type of work we did, because we were more about the people than the work itself. And in doing that, we just shortchange ourselves a lot. So that was a very long winded way of saying, um, if I had it to do over um, in my time there, I would have had better boundaries to set a better example for people. Yes. Myself. Woo. <laughs> that was a lot. Amen. No, well, you know, because we've talked about this before on the show. It doesn't come up often, but to hear it from your side where you're on the other end of it too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, on the show, little examples, things of like, hey, how about instead of starting at like 7.59, you start at 9 a.m. Like, mm -hmm. you don't need that extra hour. I mean, you might want to see more Salmore, yada, yada, yada. But honestly, Saturday morning at 7.59, if nobody, if you have no appointments, nobody wants you to knock on the door. If you yeah. knock on my door, look, look, I mean, I'm 10 years out, right, almost. And you're looking at, if someone had knocked on my door at 7.30 in the morning on a Saturday, 
and I don't have kids or I have kids mm-hmm. and they wake them up on a Saturday, <laughs> I'm going to burn you alive. Like that is so annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so those little, little fixes to what you just brought up with, I think, which I think is a bigger, a bigger picture thing mm-hmm. uh, of therapy. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and, and listen, people, there's just still this negative connotation of like therapy. Oh, you must be, no, you should go see a therapist in the <laughs> same way that you go see a dentist. Like you don't brush enough. Yeah. You don't talk to people enough about your shit that is yeah. happening. Yeah. Go do it. My wife is a counselor. She went to school. She has her, she's an LPC. She's completely licensed and all that jazz. And uh, listen, we got, we got marriage counseling. We signed up for marriage counseling before our wedding. Hmm. And people are like, oh my God, you're already on the rocks. No, no, no. We're fine. It's it proactive. It. It's 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 so shit it doesn't hit the fan as bad as it could. Yeah. Because we're able, sorry for my French, but because we're <laughs> able to talk about it before it gets bad. And yeah, sometimes we've had to face some demons as in any married couple, just because you know, our counselor knows how to push those buttons correctly. But honestly, I'm glad that we're talking about this now and really talking about it progressively mm-hmm. and react and pro- proactively because those could, those were things that could have been buried that 15 years into our marriage could have popped up. And then now how do we deal with this? You know, and, and not just in our marriage, th- this is an example, but I mean, if you're out there, um, Heather Dutton, we've had, she's, she works with us here and she's mm-hmm. getting her master's in therapy. And several other uh, guests that we've had on the show, we've talked about multiple times how Southwestern should have a therapist or two or three at checkout. The kids, regardless if they they sold 50 million units or if they sold zero units at checkout while they're waiting for their check or whatever, go talk to this person for 15, 20 minutes, if not an hour and go, hey, how are you doing? You just went through some crazy stuff. This summer where, you know, it could have had been anything as crazy as a gun was held to your face or some of the stories that we've heard on here on the show, or maybe nothing really bad ever happened. But still, like maybe on the other hand, it's like, hey, yo, you you kind of like you're something like me where it's like you just had a little bit of an inflated ego here because you did well and nothing really crazy happened to you. Right. Relatively. And so um, and just have that not be employed to Southwestern, not trying to get a kid to come back and sell books Mm -hmm. or not just. A flat out unbiased, objective person going, Hey, you just went through some traumatic stuff that, you know, in the grand scheme of life is not the worst thing that's ever going to happen to you, but definitely maybe up till now, the hardest thing that's happened to you. So yeah. let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a key thing that they're missing that we've talked again. We've talked about this plenty on our show. Go back and listen to several episodes, but that is definitely a huge aspect of it is just really talking to someone outside of your ol dsm to just be like hey i just went through this good bad ugly pretty and um i just wanted to share it um, yeah and, it, and it's I, so, I think that's key it's so funny to hear you say that andres because um i think lee lee used to give me a hard time because my pcs turned it it started with force and it was like grab a pc with tab because grant always who needed an emotional reset that (laughs) i was going to be there to listen right and you were the person (laughs) (laughs) and so lee would joke because at checkout there was like a sign up on my door of people just coming and and i think that was the beautiful part and where it all kind of clicked for me that I never sold books on purpose. The reason I didn't sell books is because I needed to be there for all those students through all those years that just needed a safe place to talk 
to somebody who had no motive in mind. I didn't care if they came back. I wanted them to come back if it was what was best for them. I didn't care if they led people. I wanted it to be what was best for them. And and in some ways, looking back, I feel like I was almost like an unlicensed therapist, um, just listening really well and asking the hard questions. And so to answer you, I, I think that the reason that it kind of become a joke to get on TAB's PC schedule was because I kind of was serving in that role and I had no business being like, I wasn't given any advice. I was just listening, but kids need to be heard. People need to be heard. They need a space to do that. And um, anytime there's a student manager or OL or a DSL and they're like, are they hot or they cold? Are they on the fence? Are they coming back? Like they're asking hard questions to try to see where your, me- your, your mentality is around your business. And really they just want to talk about how shitty their delivery week was. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I just, no, I just want to tell you that this was the hardest thing I ever did. And so I kind of just created space for that. And so to hear you say that, I do think that would be really cool. Nate. I don't know how they would bring that about, but I think it would be critical um, because man, I have walked through some interesting stuff and we all have our brokenness, but man, I have walked through some things like, there was one sales school, I'll never forget it. And I'm not going to mention a name, um, but there was a student and I had been, it was eight o'clock at night. I shouldn't have been in the office, but I was, and my light was on. And this student comes up from the parking lot. He was out knocking on doors. They were doing the real deal out in the parking lot. And he said, I just looked up and saw your light on and I'm here. And I'm like, sit down, what's going on? And he proceeded to tell me that he had some medical stuff that, was unsafe for him to go to the, the field. And it put me in a predicament because he asked me in confidence to not say anything. I'm like, this is not what's best for this kid. So I had to talk to Dan about it. And he came back to me that next summer and bear hugged me and about knocked me down in the hallway. And he said, you saved my life, you know, and, and he meant, he meant it. And so it's just moments like that, where it's like, no matter what job you're in, no matter what profession you're in, there's people. And if you can just show up and be there for people wherever they're at in their space and listen really well and encourage them, I I just, that's the crux of who and what Southwestern is. But I think that we kind of had these kind of like pockets of little therapists all over the company that were, whether they were in the role of a DSL or a secretary or me or Trey Campbell or Lee, like they're Dan, like just listening well and talking to people. So I think there is some space there for some professional um, help and aid through that. So I know that we that got off to a little bit of a tangent, but um, the workaholism, I had to really go to therapy to work through that because I didn't understand that it was kind of like in my DNA. It was in the DNA of who I was. I'm like, yeah. I can't break this cycle because I'm always going to put people first, no matter where I'm at, because it's just how God made me. It's in my nature. And I've got to be able to have boundaries that protect me. So it's yeah. been interesting. It's been a ride, but it's been a really good one. Yeah, we talked. I, I, I love what you're saying. It's so cool. Um, first of all, to agree, you were definitely the person that people would go talk to you and Trey really, because you guys didn't have a base. You were in corporate. So it's like, I know if I talk to you, you're not seeing dollar signs. Not that, you know, listen, I had Yvette and Grant as DSMs. I'm not saying that they had dollar signs, but it is definitely a thing where it's like, like I make you money, like you're paying your mortgage because I have go knock on doors. And so I know you're going to be unbiased, but it's not the same. It's, I need to go talk to someone who like genuinely has no horse in this race, no pony, Mm -hmm. if you will, in this race. And so, and so definitely, I remember my PCs with you, uh, Hans was another person like that, where it was just like, if I talk to you, I know I can just talk to you. 
and again, I never had any hard times, but I can't imagine a kid that really had something important he or she that like really needed to talk about. Like you guys were definitely huge outlets for that. So kudos to you guys on that for sure, for taking on those roles. Um, and then the second thing we talked to, um, uh, uh, Janetta Samita. She was a European student, uh, super awesome girl. She, and on her episode, we talked about like the idea of, you know, this whole work hard, play hard, but also mm -hmm. like after you leave Southwestern, you feel like you start, you, you start working with other companies and working, you know, your regular 30 to 40 hours a week, which might not seem like a lot or, you know, to normal people, that's a lot, but to us, it's like, that's a lot of time off <laughs> well, yeah. off schedule. You know? yeah. and so like dealing with almost, I don't want to say PTSD, but some sort of something it's, like that. It's where it's PTSD. Just like, Call it what it is. It's PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it is, you know, yeah. you're right. You're right. Absolutely. And, it, and you're like, you're just sitting there on a Tuesday at seven in a pool because you're not working with Southwestern anymore. Like right now, like it's a Tuesday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, this is probably airing some sort of Thursday or Sunday, but we're, it's a Tuesday at six. You know, and if this is my first summer not selling books, it'd be like, oh, I'm off schedule. Like yeah. I need to be at a door. It's gravy. Like yeah. where's my map? Right. And yeah. so, and I had that experience right after, you know, and, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this. And so that, that, that thought of just, listen, you work hard, but you have to rest well too. Mm -hmm. And that means not feeling guilty about watching TV or not feeling guilty about going out with friends or not feeling guilty about you know, being with the per your, your partner or whatever, like you enjoy where you're at and it's okay that you're not working. It's so okay. There's yeah. this entrepreneurial mentality that you have to work. And and look, it is a lot of work. Any entrepreneur will tell you that. And you know this, right? It was, mm -hmm. you're, you're in a startup, like you have to put in work, but at some point you have to leave work at work mm -hmm. because if yeah. you don't, it is going to take up your marriage, your relationships, your, 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 your spiritual life, your everything. It, if, it, if you let it creep into that, it's just as bad as letting those things creep into your work life. You don't, you don't think about those things when you're knocking or when you're doing. So why would you think about knocking when you're with your spouse, right? Yeah. Or with your kids or with your family, your friend, whatever, like separate that and create, like you said, the board boundaries is mm -hmm. so huge. People miss, yeah. misconstrue that boundaries mm -hmm. that means do not let that in nothing comes in and nothing goes out yeah on either end and you get to pick on what side of the boundary you're in but whatever it is that boundary doesn't move yeah. and it's such a key to your mental health to your, your relationships everything and wow glad that you glad that you this is the thing that you brought up because it's, yeah I, it wasn't again, on the plan but hey that's how god works i guess it needed and, to be said so hopefully it helps somebody out there <laughs> yeah and again that's not a knock on southwestern most companies are this no. way too where it's like dedicate your life to this company tattoo your yeah. <laughs> tattoo or logo to your butt cheek like no it's not no Which we like, actually had a, a dsl not a dsl a ol one time tattoo the southwestern logo <laughs> real stories that happen <laughs> Last last note on this, and I know we're getting close on time. So last note on this, and then yeah. we'll go into your ponytails. But uh, there's a book called Scary Close by uh, yes, Donald Miller. Miller. Beautiful mm -hmm. book. Uh, yeah. Honestly, one of the most impactful books I've read the last 10 years, probably. And um, in it, you know, he talks about the place where he goes to get some counseling. And, the, you know, it, 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 there's a bunch of different people there. But the one rule is that when they're talking about who they are, they can't talk about what they do. Like, that's the one yeah. rule. It's like we, you, you can't share what you do for work. And he found that a lot of people and himself as well, Don Miller, where he's like, man, I, I, a lot of my identity is based on the fact that I'm an author. 
mm-hmm. and the fact that I am a speaker. And if you can't share that with people, then you have to like really figure out who the hell you are because it's like, oh crap. And it it makes me think of this where it's just like you're you're not your work, right? Yeah. So just your work is just something that you go to do to pay your rent or pay your mortgage. Yeah. So don't make that you because you are so much more than just whatever it is that you're doing, right? You're yeah. more than Tate and Zoe. I'm more than the Point of mm-hmm. podcast. And if you're selling books or you've sold books, you're more than your fucking time selling Southwestern Advantage books. <laughs> so move on. It's uh, true. It's true. No, that's it. I am. I actually, I don't know why I feel like I'm supposed to share this and maybe it'll help somebody, but I, we lost um, my dad last year to COVID. um, And we had this amazing month of just storytelling and wisdom and love um, with him. And one of the things he said, like maybe four days before um, he went to heaven, he said, baby, the important thing about a job is you have one when you need it. And I just thought that was the most like simple but pivotal Ooh. wisdom because it's like he didn't take his job with him. Right. And he, you know, didn't take any of the things that he made, any of the things that he bought with the money in it, but, but he took the impact that he made on people and, and all the impact that got left on us. And, and Ooh. so that was a really big perspective shift for me and marrying that to all the things that I've known, it's really helped me go, okay, here's what's truly important in life. Um, and I think we, especially starting at Southwestern, because it's, um, you know, a college internship, it's easy to get in that grind and that become your norm. But that doesn't need or have to be the norm. So. Amen. My, Jesus didn't die a carpenter. He died a savior. That's right. <laughs> oh, baby. I That's just, good. I that just, I just thought of that. <laughs> Hopefully that makes sense to somebody else listening. Beautiful words. There's a book Beautiful. called More Than a Carpenter. And I thought you were quoting from that. <laughs> No, I had no idea. I'm to read that. <laughs> what was that quote again? What was the quote your dad said? There's the only thing, the only important oh, thing about just, a job. Just, the most important thing about a job is you have them when you need it. Ooh, that's good. Write that down. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Write that down. Yeah. Wisdom yes. from my daddy. <laughs> he had uh, a lot of it. All right. So, uh, okay. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you so much for it. I'm sorry about, Andrew, sorry about it. It has been an hour and 40 minutes. If I shared, if I shared like actual stories from the book build, we'll be at four hours. So we got to trim this down. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's right. So we're going to do one or two ponytails. Let me share a couple of our partners and then we'll close it out with one or two ponytails. Save some of these stories. So that way when we have you and Lee and maybe Trey on here, yes, we can share some of those. So now, that, now you're guaranteed to come back. Now okay. I captured you. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Swing back. So let me talk a couple. I'm going to talk about our partners really quick. Tell us a couple of your favorite stories, and then we'll save some of the rest for that episode. Because I now we need to, obviously. We need I'm to. here for it. So, um, okay, guys. So thank you so much for listening in so far. If you've listened, it's been a brilliant time with Tabitha Taylor. Of course, it would be. We all knew it would be. Tabitha is such a cool soul. Um, a couple of shout outs, Oscar and Oliver. You probably know Oscar Koha and Oliver Reynas. I know Oliver. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Oliver and those guys are the masterminds behind our, uh, our website. If you own a business, if you're up there and you want to have a solid, listen here, you can go get a cheap website, go do it. But if you want like solid integrations, making sure that you get SEOs and all that kind of stuff, funneling, you know about this marketing, like digital marketing, this is where you have to go. You can go pay like twenty five, sometimes fifty thousand dollars for all these like super complex websites. And actually, that's kind of on the cheap side. These guys are from Estonia, so they are super willing to work with Southwestern uh, people who have a business that want to do more with their website that other than just have a landing page. So make sure you reach out to us. We'll get you in touch with V Designly. Um, thank you guys so much. We have our store out there. By the way, you can go to the Ponytails Podcast, theponytailspodcast.com. Go check out our merch. Go buy a hoodie. Go buy a hat. Do all sorts of different stuff. Um, 
second shout out is over to um Enlight Energy with Julio Hernandez. I don't know if you worked with Julio or if you ever met Julio uh Tabitha, but he's an awesome, yeah. awesome DSM that used to be uh, in the mid 2000s there and late 2000s. So if you have a passion for the planet, a desire to earn good money, and you want to work with someone like Nick Tiverti or with Julio or Alex Black, you can join them at Enlight Energy. A sale every other week with solar is enough to earn six figures of an income, and they have the ability to work with people in every state. So um join us uh with that and so we're working with them it's awesome to work alongside such a cool person uh julio is like an amazing human being we are looking forward to his episode as well um and then last but not least last bit of uh wisdom from quentin roberts over at uh, cardinal senior benefits pedro vega and all these guys uh they started about they started working with us about two months ago they had about 27 former book people, and now they're at 31. Several book people have come and joined their team through Ponytails, which is super exciting. And, um, of course, more people on the pipeline that are on their way. Um, one of the main reasons that alumni like to work with them is because the culture and the selling system that they have. So they have a really solid system. It's all referral-based, no cold calling, no prospecting. They're making about 12 to 15K um a week some of their top agents are making 12 to 15k per week and they have done so averaging about 31 to 34 hours so speaking of that work-life balance boom there you guys go so um on average you know they're low on the lower end they're making about three to five thousand a week so anything in there is good enough for you probably and uh they're doing a 500 referral bonus right now so if you guys get signed up with them if you guys get hired on that team or if you refer someone that gets hired on that team there's a 500 referral bonus join them ask us for more questions on our instagram message us on our facebook or leave a comment below if you want us to get in touch with you on that cool so tabitha taylor yes. ponytails Pony one two three four stories however many you have it's your microphone i'm just gonna listen in and be along for the ride as, i'm gonna uh, probably go against the grain here a little bit i'm gonna share two really quick ponytails of actual things that happen on the book build and then talk about a couple people um yes. so Will Metcher, I'll never forget. I followed Will several summers. Will is hands down one of my favorite humans on the planet. I love that guy. Um, we've been through a lot. He got completely obliterated by a dog one year when he was down in Houston, Texas. I went and sat with him after he had his surgery. Um, just took care of him. He's like he's like a brother to me, and I love, love, love him. But one year, I was following him up in Maine, and it was the very first year that the website had come out. And to your point earlier, we were just kind of tacking it on. We weren't selling it as a lead product. And so we get to this house, and he was like, Tabitha, you're going to be the one that sells the website. And I'm like, Will, I've never sold anything. He's like, you're selling the website. So he sold the advantage books. And then I went <laughs> back into this, like we were in this like double wide trailer in the middle of nowhere. And we walked back and there's just like marijuana everywhere in this room. And I sit down at this lady's computer because at the time we had to log people on and register them, which is really weird looking back that we didn't have them doing that themselves. And so I sold my very first subscription to the website in this really uncomfortable location with some scary dogs. And I'm like, this is the book field. This is, I have truly experienced the book field. And, and for then, people listening, for people listening, this is back when marijuana was not legal in any state. <laughs> it wasn't like you were in Oregon and it was chill that they had weed everywhere. It was like, oh shit, there's and, drugs here. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, we're going to, we don't see those. And then we walk out and Will and I jump in the car 
and we're laughing and we make it down this hill and we're go walk we're like in backwoods maine and we drive down this road that it kind of was like we were driving through a creek and he's like we're gonna stop and talk to this guy i gotta hit this goal period and i'm like okay so there's a guy pulled over on the side of the road and will ended up trading books for lobster out of his trunk and i'm like Oh, this is what we do when we're an experienced student. And I was like, what is happening? Um, and so I had some fun times with Will in the book field. That's not the only summer that I followed him, but that happened oh. in one day. And I'm like, wow, I don't know how to take this information back to corporate, but I learned a lot that day. <laughs> Will Metzger is a legend, man. If yeah. you don't know, he was also giraffe. If you're listening and you didn't giraffe. know, he was giraffe when the, you know, when the, 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 the dress up, when they would dress up, was like, yep. you know, at he was giraffe and squids. That's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, and then I had some fun times following Hannah Reesberg. Um, Becca Hyde is one of my closest friends in the world. She is this like soul sister to me. I think you've had her. You've actually had her on the show yeah. before. She's been on the um, show, yeah. Yeah, absolutely love Becca. And I. she's one of the greatest gifts from Southwestern that I have. Um, but my sister actually sold for seven summers. So yeah. Trinity sold and it was amazing to watch her walk through Southwestern. We kind of did this thing where I wasn't super involved with her organization because I wanted her to have her thing. She wanted to have her thing. And so it was weird because I was in corporate. But one year she actually crushed her heel and she had hit a wreck. She broke a bunch. Of, she sold a ton, did great, led a lot of awesome teams. She really had did like, some amazing things in her time. Studs yeah, she, like she, she crushed it. Yeah. I yeah, remember when I was coming up, I'm like, this girl is a beast. She's like, incredible. Capital B. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. She's in thinking ahead now, working with Greg Boucher and that group. And she um but she deliveries her foot was, she was on like a scooter and she's like, so I flew out to Texas and I was like, I'm doing delivery. So I handled all of the, like, um, getting a shipment into the, um, you know, into the storage unit and getting everything sorted and then carrying the box and tacking things on, which me and her had big plans to tack on at every house. I think we did. Um, but I was just kind of her carrier and showed up for her. Um, and walking through deliveries was just such a beautiful thing because, you could see the impact that you were having on people tangibly happen during deliveries. And it was a really cool thing to get to kind of not be in it, but watch it. Cause sometimes when we're in stuff, we can't see what's happening. Right. But to be kind of on the sidelines and watching her impact those people, the kids, whoever she was talking to, I'm just like, man, Southwestern is, it, it really is a wonderful thing. Um, and it was just a really, it was a really cool humbling experience to be a part of. And those boxes, delivery boxes, get really heavy when you want to tack on everything. <laughs> listen, listen, and this is not to sound like misogynist or anything, but like I, I understand there's physical differences between males and females. Okay, mm -hmm. there was women in the org that I sold in that were like half my size, both muscularly and or height wise. Yeah, and that shit was heavy for me. So when <laughs> I was looking at this person who was like five two, weighing a hundred pounds, which is probably what this sub weighed, I'm like, you delivered? That is impressive yeah like that is chat book women are significantly <laughs> like tougher than yeah. book dudes all day long i don't care what anybody says i was always humbled by the ladies in our group and i commend all y'all for that 
I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Um, and then I just, I, I could tell stories. All. I mean, Trinity got trapped on a porch one day for four hours by a bunch of pit bull. Like I've got stories for days <laughs> of things that happen to other book people. Um, but I just really love getting to go out and be a part of an experience so that I could take what I was learning and tangibly create and make things that were going to be helpful for the field. Um, but I think Andres, at the end of the day, my Southwestern experience is just summed up in the relationships. You know, um, my biggest pony I have to say my first pony is probably just getting to walk through being in a home that grew up with Southwestern principles at the core. His mom worked there for 40 years, so she didn't know it, but we were doing positive self-talk as kids that weren't getting exposed to those things otherwise, right? It's just because it was naturally coming home and her conversations and what she was doing and trend selling books and getting to be a part of that and watch all that. That was amazing um, time that I'll never, ever, you know, regret. And, and Dan and Lee, some people I hope to always be in my life, but probably one of my biggest ponies is just that my heart country is Estonia. And it's the strangest story. I'll try to make it really, really short. Um, my very first Estonians I met were Yak and Maria um, in Hawaii. We went on a GRG. I planned their wedding. We had a surprise wedding on GRG. Yak's like, we're going to get married, but we don't want anybody to know until they show up. So I had planned this luau. And I told Dan, I'm like, Dan, so this was my very first event that I planned when I got out of college at, at Southwestern. And I was like, Dan, Yak wants to get married like do you know anybody in Hawaii? He's like, oh, there's an old alum. Like she's a pastor there. Caroline, I think her name is Murama or something like that. And he was like, go see if you can find Caroline from Hawaii in the database. And sure enough, I found Caroline. She was on a different island from where we were. She flew over, held a luau, knew, like shared book stories. It was this beautiful thing. And we had this wedding on the very first GRG that I ever had. And I where signed Doc's marriage license. What's that? Where in Miami? No, in, we're in Hawaii. Um, Sorry, we're in Hawaii. We were in uh, Maui. Oh, I love Maui. I was just yeah. in Maui for my honeymoon. Oh, oh it's beautiful. Oh. The road to Hana. We 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 you did the whole. Oh yeah. Oh, that is so cool. That was one of our GRG. That was one of the things. Our GRGs are epic. We did epic things on GRG. So my wife has family in Haiku. And, oh, you know, awesome! That's yeah, awesome. So just right before, literally, right before the whole road to Hana starts, it's the last left before you can. That's where they live. Yeah, it's I so love cool. that. That's so cool. Amazing. Yeah. And you signed their certificate. That's I signed amazing. their marriage license. They became fast friends. I learned that there's no peanut butter in Estonia, so when they come over for sales school, and we're like, pack a peanut butter lunch. Like people are like, what's peanut butter? So I started getting this. Just I just fell in love with this culture and these people and um, how things adapted. And I already knew Chris Adams really well. My mom had been working with him and he has been a, a huge mentor in my life. And we lost him. I think you probably know that yeah. um, tragically. And I, I'll never forget. Henry came to me and he was like, I want you to plan Chris's memorial service. And I'm like, OK, so in 48 hours, um, me, along with some of the um, marketing team, pulled off this this crazy thing and we streamed it. And I think there were something like 40 countries of people online. It was incredible. But he he impacted, I'm actually going to close with one of his quotes, but back to Yak and Maria, they became my first like Estonian family. And then Ranal Casavali and his beautiful wife, Miriam and Karel Koiv were on GRG in Brazil a couple years later. They're my brothers. They call me their sister. I am, you know, I'm part of their family. I've gone and spent my birthday in June for Yanni Bob four years in a row. I've been there multiple times to Estonia. And it's crazy because 
the Lord just somehow in, in Estonian, like in the sales schools with E1, because I started working really close to Chris because of mom. And I'll never forget. There was a, there was a, it's just crazy how the Lord gives you favor and you don't even know when and where it happens. And you just wake up when you're like, how did that happen? Um, but we were in a sales school in a student manager meeting and we only taught FBLs to the student managers at this time. This was years ago. And right. the, for those of you out there listening, FBLs was our family Bible library set. And it was kind of our only, I don't want to call it religious, but it was, it was our only kind of homeschool curriculum for people who use the Bible as their base, base foundation of, of curriculum. And so I'll never forget, I had a student manager raise her hand. I started talking and she's like, Tabitha, who is Jesus? And my jaw literally dropped. And I'm like, what? So I go over to all these Estonians that I know and I've built these relationships with and I love. And I'm like, what's up with that comment? And they're like, Tab, we had persecution in our country. Um, so our grandparents and great grandparents, like we got spanked when we were kids, if we said the name Jesus, like there, there's no religion in Estonia. And so I started digging into it, learning about it. And um, Andres Albi is somebody who comes to mind who what, what's crazy is he even told me he's like, you know, marriage kind of comes from the Bible. And so our parents and grandparents, like it's pretty common to not get married over here. But book people come into America, change their country and their culture because they came and lived with these families and they would call on host families in churches and they got exposed to things. And so family unit in general has changed in their country. Their government has changed. Like the whole country of Estonia is a totally different place because of the, the things that book people have gone back and done there. And it's just incredible to see that impact and, and the favor. And so when I go over there, it's awesome. I, I stay with all these DSLs, current DSLs, and there's some past OLs that I'm really close to. Um, but there's just something really special about their gratitude for the company and what they learned at their time at Southwestern and how they take that and pay it forward. It looks a little different than when you talk to an American about their yeah. experience. Yes. Yes. 100% I, through the June episodes that we had for, by the way, but if you guys didn't know all of June, we had uh, only European guests and that's, you can get the vibe exactly right. Like the, yeah. the opportunity just to come to the United States and work alone yeah. yeah it's significant to them my mom hosted since 2013 she's hosting right now awesome she's exclusively hosted european students and amazing we met their first ones were maddie's pio <gasps> i just Ed had Cooper. i just had her i just had lunch with her a couple weeks ago they were in and nashville Merit? Merit? Maddie, oh yeah yeah, they're awesome. Oh, we yeah. love. Oh man, do I got stories for you about those guys? Oh well, yeah, he, he was still selling. It was the summer he sold nine thousand, and she broke the record for most yep. money made ever. Yeah, yep. that summer, they were living with my parents. Amazing, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was, they're amazing. I love yep. them. I love them. I love yep. them. They're great. Shout out to Maris and Marit. Yeah, Erki Cool also. Erki Cook. Yep, all of them. Renal, Karel, all of them. I love them so much, and it's funny because it's like. I know that there's still something like at one point in time, I was talking to um, Carell's, uh no, Renal's sister. I was like, maybe we need to plan a church in Estonia. Like, I think there's something bigger than books in Estonia. And it's just this constant stirring of just loving people there. And it's just a connection that I have with them. And, and they call me their sister. And I call them that my brothers and sisters because my mom was their U.S. mom. So for years and years, mom worked with Chris. And um, so one of the stories I kind of want to leave with is just kind of in honor of Chris because Chris, man, he was. Um, definitely taken from this earth too soon. And he impacted people in a way that I've never seen. Like I've never witnessed impact the way that Chris did. And um, he had, um, he died in a motorcycle wreck here in Nashville. And I actually had seen him on Friday. He died on a Sunday. 
And he was like, T, I'm, I'm going to go have a conversation with Henry next week. I think we're going to probably change your role in the company. And I'm like, what does that mean, Chris? Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm going to talk to Henry on Monday. We'll meet on Wednesday. And he died on Sunday. So I never knew what he had planned. But he had always said, I want you to go on the road and travel internationally because I just I had this way of just connecting with international students. It's very bizarre, um, but it's just a gift from the Lord. And I, I just when Chris passed. We did his memorial service, and then we went to the Waffle House. And this is a story I love to Everybody share. Everybody knows the Waffle House. You know the Waffle you House most, You know the Waffle House. No, 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 no. I'm just okay. saying that Waffle House. Everybody okay. knows that Waffle House. Yeah. We actually so brought this up, I think, with some other person. but yeah. There yeah, is a Waffle, Waffle House. House. Chris was a creature of habit, and he went to the same places. So every time he would come to the U.S., and for those of you out there listening, Chris Adams was just one of the greatest leaders we ever had at Southwestern, bar none. No doubt, um, no doubt. He would do things, and then the whole American group would follow about five years later. Um, he was just a visionary, and he had this way of making – all of it, it was never about him. It was collectively about the group, about the country, about changing cultures and, and, and empowering people. And um, we went to the Waffle House where Chris ate and he had a special. He ordered the same thing every single day when he would go there. Um, and we were sitting there eating Andres and there was a guy standing, a worker who had been um, he had been cooking. And I want to say his name was Bill. It was on his thing. Anyway, I kind of caught him out of the corner of my eye and he was just like weeping. And I said, hey, Bill. And he came over. I think it's Bill. I could be wrong on the name. And he came over to me and he said, um, I, he, he said, I know y'all are here for Chris. And I said, yeah. And he said, I know I'm just a Waffle House cook. And we didn't know anything about Chris. He came in in these James Bond suits, sharp dress, had this cool accent from, you know, this cool British accent. We didn't know anything about Chris because all Chris cared about was us. And he said, and this is going to sound like something crazy to you because I truly don't know what he does, what he did for an, you know, for a living, but he was my best friend. He said, I never made any life decisions without Chris Adams filtering through it. And I just, that really stuck wow. with me because you know, Chris was just like, that. that's why Chris was so amazing. He knew the warehouse workers when we were running sales school, he knew the names of all the guys running the engineering stuff backstage. He would go to the warehouse and build relationships with the people that were packing the books so that if something went wrong, he could pick up the phone and call them. And I think of all the people that impacted me, he had maybe the greatest impact because of the way he treated people. And that story, the Waffle House story always sticks out to me because when we humble ourselves and we just show up with whoever's put in front of us, whether we're leading businesses or teams or we're working from home or whatever we're doing, there's people that are being put in front of us. And if we can make an important impact on them and leave them in a better place than we found them, something we've preached at Southwestern for years, um, we, we've made a difference with our day. And that's the thing I think that matters the most. And one of the things um, after Chris died, I actually found a card um, that he had written to me for my birthday. I mean, he was close. My dad had been in the hospital and Chris would come and sit with me and my mom and my sisters. And he had really important things to be doing, but he would sit with us like he just he was a part of our family. My mom considers him a son. And um, so it was really hard when we lost him. But when I found this card, all it said was, and him and Dan Moore are the only two people on the planet of all my nicknames that have ever called me T. But he called me T. And he and in the card, it just said, T, you're allowed to create a path where there isn't one. And I was like, that is powerful. Wow. That is really powerful. And so that's something wow. I go back to and try to live by often because 
you know, we can create paths that are really healthy with boundaries. We can create paths that have processes tied to them. We can create paths to create and build businesses. Um, and we also can impact people along the way. So that's my big takeaway from Southwestern is that people matter. You know, I don't know if that's a drop the mic. I don't that know is so cool. <laughs> that's beautiful. Well, you know what? Yes, that is a drop the mic moment. What a beautiful, beautiful story. A lot. Any questions? <laughs> no, 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 no. Nope. That's that is that is a bow. That is a bow on this amazing episode. Uh, Tabitha, first of all, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. You are such an amazing human. Every time I talk to you, I just leave like jazzed about life. Oh, so thank you. You're very sweet. Uh, thank you. Number two, we need to have you back with Lee. Okay. Um, and, and maybe Trey or somebody else. Like we okay. just need we need a we need a marketing team-ish episode. Call it tales from the marketing team. There's a uh, lot 20, of tales. Marketing <laughs> Pony Tales podcast slash marketing team. Let's do it. Um and three, you're amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Uh it it, it was a wonderful, a wonderful time sharing sharing of all these amazing stories. And um I'm honored to know you and i'm excited let's not make it 10 years before we keep in touch so let's sure. just maybe Agreed. maybe at least once a year let's just okay zoom in catch up um i am humbled by 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 who you are and what you what you've accomplished and what you're doing right now um thank you so much for, for being on the show people if you guys are listening make sure you guys reach out to tabitha uh, tateandzoe.com is where you can go find what she's working on right now go find her on linkedin she's doing some amazing work there such cool products and of course if you are within the last 20 years ever if you sold books in the last 20 years you know who tabitha taylor is make sure you guys drop a comment a like or uh give us your favorite uh, tabitha memory uh, so that we can share with her back and she can look back on some of the things. And so, and so she can be made aware of the giant impact that she has made on our lives. I can, for one, say giant, giant impact. So thank you so much. I don't know if you noticed, I put on your name, the H in there. So it's, I saw it. the, I saw um, it. <laughs> and so that's awesome. Looking forward to uh, seeing you back on the show. Thank you so much for being on here. You are amazing. This has been the ponytails podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed. My name is Andres Gamboa, and my guest today was Tabitha Taylor. And wow, such a wonderful thing! I am. And Andres, I just want to say, I want to, I want to leave you with this too. Not that you're giving me space to get the microphone back, but it is such a cool thing you're doing um, with this and being able to share people's stories and encourage people, and and to be able to be in a space where people can say me too, because. A lot of us experience a lot of things, whether we were corporate or out in the field being book kids. And so um, this is such a cool platform. And I'm really I'm really excited to see how God blesses it and grows it. It's going to be awesome. Oh, thank you so much. That That is so cool to hear you say that. I'm yeah. so happy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. Catch you on the next one. Make sure you guys subscribe. We have shorts coming out where we take clips of previous episodes, bite-sized ep chunks. 15 sometimes five minute episodes or little chunks that you can catch called pony express shorts make sure you find them on our channel as well like us on instagram follow us on facebook we'll see you guys in the next one peace out everybody